The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this broadcast or podcast without the express written consent of Spaced Out Radio or Spaced Out Radio Limited is strictly prohibited. Listener discretion is advised. the mountains of British Columbia to you listening around the world. This is Spaced Out Radio with host Dave Scott. Let us play with all our toys and let us think that we're big boys and let us make a lot of noise but we're in the world. Let us think we're Superman. You can follow us on our website spacedoutradio.com on iTunes and tune in. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio on Facebook at Spaced Out Radio Show, or on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Are you playing with Bigfoot and aliens again? Uh, Dad, you gotta stop haunting the goat. It's scaring them. All right, seriously, put down the pointy sticks. Word is. Alright, alright, alright. Buckle up, space travelers. It's time to go for a ride on Spaced Out Radio. Mr. Bumblefoot, Dave is ready for liftoff. Seriously, Dave? Really? Aren't you a little old for a tinfoil hat? Hiya! Toby! Bye bye. Bye bye. Get this. Please take your seat above. There will be a good chance to take off. 
Welcome to Space Note Radio. Tonight I am your host, Dave Scott. It's good to have you along for the ride on this Wednesday, June 21st, Thursday, June 22nd. If you're on the East Coast or across the pond, hope you had a great day and night. We are live right here in the Great White North on top of the mountains of central British Columbia. And we are here seven days a week. We welcome in... Everyone listening in on our terrestrial radio stations, WQEE 99, Rock the Key, down in Noonan, Georgia, home of The Walking Dead. We are live as well in New Orleans on the United Public Radio Network on 107.7 FM and over 160 countries around the world. We're also live on SpacedOutRadio.com, Spreaker, KTLK, The Fringe FM, Renegade Talk Radio out of Las Vegas, the High Plains Talk Radio Network, and if you're listening in on Revolution Radio, remember the Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. Like our music? Then get your horns up. For Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal, our resident guitar god, formerly of Guns N' Roses, currently of Art of Anarchy, yes, Bumblefoot is the official music of SOR. You can follow us all over social media. Try it on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. You can follow me on Instagram, Dave Scott, S-O-R. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download this show and others on iTunes. We're also on Player.fm, RadioGuide.fm, TalkStream Live, and Stitcher. Our website is SpacedOutRadio.com. And if you head over to Patreon.com for as low as a dollar a month, you can... Become a patron of SOR as well. Now, if you want to take part in this show, you got to do me a favor. you got to sign into one of the chat rooms, because we don't take callers around here. On website, our website, that is, you can click on Listen Live, sign into the chat room there. On Revolution Radio, Spreaker, the UPRN chat room. Or maybe, just maybe, you're a Facebook junkie, and you want to sign up for the SOR Space Travelers Club. Come on in. The door is open. Or if you're on Twitter, just go to hashtag SpacedOutRadio, and I will get to your questions and comments in there as well. Now, if you head to our website for 5 bucks a month, you can become an SOR Space Traveler. And as of right now, you can go to the Spaced Out Radio store, pick up a t-shirt, poster, an SOR sticker. Or maybe you're looking for a weekend getaway. How about September 29th to October 1st, the first annual Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon, right here in beautiful 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia, being held at the Spruce Hills Spa and Resort. VIP tickets are 10% off if you get them before July 31st. We'd love to see all of you fellow weirdos come join the Spaced Out Radio weirdos for a weekend of fun in the paranormal. We have a brand new news section on our website called The Encounter Online, set up by Everett Themer and Eric Markham, our editors. They're perusing all over the place to get you the great stories. You can check out my latest blog there as well, and if you've had an experience you can't explain, do us a favor and fill out an SOR Sightlines report. It's time once again to hang out north of the border to learn about the ghosts and hauntings in our monthly feature segment called Ghosts of the Great White North, with my special guest host, Mike Morin, who I'm sure has great hair going on for tonight. 
The third Wednesday of every month, we bring you another ghost adventure from somewhere in Canada, so you, outside the country, can learn and hear some ghost stories that take place in cities and towns maybe you're not too familiar with or never heard of. Tonight, we head to the home of the Stampede, cowboys and cowgirls alike, where the flames are no better than my oilers. And the city of Calgary is a beautiful and rich and prideful city that was built on two things, farming and oil. It's a proud city in the Prairie Province of Alberta where people prefer to get along and help each other out, even when it comes to ghosts. Holly from Wolf Paranormal joins us tonight to tell us about the spirits of the Wild West in Canada and those still hanging around. Holly is the founder and lead investigator of her team. She has had a plethora of experiences herself with the paranormal starting at age two, some of which include disembodied sounds as well as physical manifestations. Tonight should be a good one. Mike Morin, Holly, welcome to Spaced Out Radio once again. How are you? I'm pretty good. I will, I'll correct you now. My hair is not well because I didn't do it today. I wore a hat. Oh, my gosh. You got hat head, don't you? Absolutely. Oh, that's terrible. That's a terrible way to start the show, Mike. You could have lied to us in the audience. There's no lying here, bro. You know that. I, I know, but certain times you, you just have to do that. Holly, how's your hair? My hair is great. Thank you very much for asking. Excellent. Excellent. At least we got you going for us tonight, Holly. We really do appreciate that. We like good hair around here. It's one of those things that we do. You know, one of the things that our American audience loves to hear is ghost stories that normally are not heard around the U.S. Because a lot of times you hear the popular places, whether it's Waverly Hills, whether it's Alcatraz, whether it's Gettysburg, where James Tyson from Spaced Out Weekend is hanging out this weekend. And we decided a few months ago on the asking of some of our listeners about the ghost stories here in Canada. So we focused on Edmonton. Edmonton was not that haunted. We've been to Saskatchewan. We've been to British Columbia. So now we focus on Calgary, which is you with Wolf Paranormal. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Holly, and how you got started in the paranormal field, because I was interested to learn in the intro that you've actually been having experiences since age two. Yes, that's right. Yeah, when I, that's my earliest memory of experiencing things that I later learned were not exactly normal. (laughs) Um, I had weird people hanging around my bed um, that I never knew who they were. They would just kind of stand there. Um, But when I was two, It was, I mean, when you're two, you know, you don't know anything, right? And I look back at it now and I think, well, that was just dumb. I was probably just dreaming. But when I was two, um, we had these two pictures that used to hang on the wall. And I swear that every night I would get out of my crib and I would go into the living room and sit down on the floor and these little elves, the one was a boy elf and one was a girl elf, and they would jump out of the pictures And they would leap and dance in front of me until they got me laughing. And then I would would just be laughing and laughing, and my dad would come out and say, what are you doing here? And pick me up and take me back to bed. But 
when I look back at that now, I think, well, you know, I was two. Like, <laughs> you know, what do you do with a two-year-old who's apparently seeing paintings coming to life, right? But as I got older, um, other things did happen, and um, there was just no, there was no explaining them. Like, I, when I was eight, nine years old, um, that was when I was experiencing people standing around my bed and I would be so terrified, like absolutely scared out of my mind. I would cover my head up with the sheets thinking that if they couldn't see me, then they couldn't hurt me. Um, but they never spoke. They just always stood there. And it, it's things like that, that I have had to deal with for most of my life. So I'm just not, I'm not your ordinary average everyday person that way. But the whole, the whole thing, it just got me to a point where I decided, you know, so many people have experiences like that and they don't talk because there's a stigma about it. And so they don't tell anybody. And I would never want anybody to go through what I went through. I didn't have anybody that I could talk to about it, I, I had nowhere to go. Um, and I would not want anyone else to go through that. So that's kind of where I got started with the idea of maybe trying to do something about it. Um, and then in 2007, a very, very dear friend of mine who is also a paranormal investigator in the US said to me, you should start a team. And the rest is kind of history that way. Was being a ghost hunter something that you always wanted to do, or was it something that, you know, like you said, your friend introduced you to it and you kind of pulled your arm along the way and figured, you know what, this is something I have to do for myself? Yeah, it, it was kind of, yeah. I can't say that it was something that I always wanted to do, Um but as I talked to more people, particularly my, my friend in the U.S., um, it became quite clear to me that it was something that I really needed to, to take action on um, because I was going through a lot in my own house at that point. And I was constantly talking to him and he was guiding me and said, well, you know, so try this and try that. And, and then eventually it just kind of got to that point where he said, you need to start a team because you're not the only one going through this. And if, if you don't want to have anybody else suffering in silence, then you got to do this. I'm going to ask a favor because my audience is having a little bit tough time hearing you. Do you mind switching off oh, your, okay. sp your speaker if you don't mind, Holly? That would be sure. just wonderful. Mike, how are you doing? I'm, I'm pretty good. Uh, oh. Suffering from the allergies, so I'm going to try not to sneeze on everyone. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, I had a couple questions lined up. First question, when did you stop seeing the um, the fairies that, that, or elves that you called them? Um, actually, I stopped seeing them when we moved out of the house that we were living in. Um, I was born in Kingston, Ontario, and we moved out down down to uh, Lethbridge when I was three or four. So it was around then that was when I stopped seeing them. 
I, I hope everybody can hear me better now. Absolutely. You sound beautiful. You sound are you, are you, beautiful. Oh, good. Are you sure it wasn't Thank a gnome, you. Dave? Or oh, you just wanted my, to say the my, word. Really? Really, Mike? Yeah, I just wanted to say the word. Yeah. You know what? Holly, I'm going to tell you right now, because Mike just blew the cover off of things. I have an absolute fear of gnomes. So what, okay. Mike, what Mike has just started is everybody in my audience now is absolutely going to hammer me on the chat rooms and on Twitter with gnome pictures just to freak me out. <laughs> so Mike, no, they were definitely fairies. <laughs> Actually, not even fairies. They were they were more like um, um, I want to say pixies. That's not right, but I, I would go with elves. One was a boy elf, and one was a girl elf. Hmm. Yeah, that's too close to gnomes, man. Too close. Elves kind of look like gnomes. Yes, they do. Mike, I hate you right now. Here, here come the comments. I can see them now. <laughs> what a jerk! Fifteen minutes in, I had to throw it out there, bro. Fifteen minutes in. Yeah, here it comes. Here's here's Trip saying in the chat room. Starting early with the gnomes, gnomes, all the gnoming gnomes. Yeah, here we go. And there they come on Twitter. Here we go. Thanks, skeptic. I appreciate that. This is just terrible, Mike. Look what you've started. Look what you've started. You know, we try and run... Holly, I'm going to be honest with you. We try and run a, a very tight ship around here. And, you know, Mike's the kind of guy who's who steals the French... Doesn't order anything from McDonald's, but he'll steal your French fries. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind of guy he is. Yes. He is that guy. <laughs> No, no, I'm not hungry, but I'll eat your French fries. That's Mike. It's cheaper I know that a few way. people like that. Exactly. Yeah, I, I know a few people like that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Joe makes a comment here. Looks like a gnome, smelled like a gnome, but it was a fairy. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. But on, on a serious side here, I know what fairies look like. Um, I have actually a video of one. My daughter caught it. She actually, right here in the Caribou, British Columbia... There is Sweet. there is a large population of people who actually, in my area, probably don't even know it, probably doing it just to, oh, I, I got a fairy garden. You know, but there are fairy gardens everywhere around here. Absolute mm-hmm. fairy. Uh, it, it's it's kind of cool. We have one in our backyard. And my daughter will actually head out in our backyard or into the green belt behind our yard some days, and she'll just sit out there and meditate. And she swears by it, and I believe her, that she will have fairies all of a sudden all around her. Well, considering how old that part of the country is, it, I mean, anything's possible, really. Don't you think? Oh, I think so. I, I think so. And, you know... I'm not going to lie. I, I've seen some pretty strange lights as well. I have a fence just a couple of weeks ago. I have the fence dividing my property from my neighbor's property. And I went out to stare at the, see if the Northern lights were out, which they were not during one of the breaks. And here I was watching three little white orbs fly along the fence. It was, it was intense. It was great. So I'm like, oh, the, wow. fairies, the fairies are out tonight. It's kind of cool. And, and for a lot of people who don't know, there's no lightning bugs or fireflies around here. They're not on the West Coast. So it's not fireflies or anything like that. <laughs> you know, so. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Dave, um, my husband and I camp out in various parts of BC every year. 
and some of the places that we have camped at, we've seen some interesting things ourselves, and we don't know what they are. We only know they're not lightning bugs, they're not fireflies, it's not lit up mosquitoes, we, we just don't know what it is. <laughs> so we just kind of shake our heads and go, huh, and then we, you know, go into the tent and go to bed. <laughs> Yes, you should see the. But only the, in BC. We've only seen them in BC. You should see the amount of gnome photos that are hammering me right now. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. No, no, no. <laughs> oh. Mike, I could you strangle you right now. I could strangle you right now. <laughs> and, and, you it's know, technically her fault for bringing up fairies, which made me think of gnomes. No, no. Don't even blame Holly for this. Don't even. You know, this one's just got real sideways real quick here. But, <laughs> Anyways, Holly, since you and your husband like to come to British Columbia, you know, we Mm -hmm. are having, I will let you know if I'm not sure if you heard in the intro, but you should bring your team out to our first annual Caribou Paracon, September 29th to October 1st. We're doing that. That would actually be wonderful. Yeah. VIP tickets are cheap. Uh, We got tables for any type of paranormal crews coming out. They're nice and cheap. We could talk about that. And you know what? Bring your team. We're doing, uh, Mike will actually be one of our speakers at the event. And he will also be conducting two on the Saturday night and Sunday night. He will be conducting a couple of paranormal investigations. One at the local museum, which Mike knows is very, very haunted. And one on the property of the grounds where we are holding the, the event that actually has an original section of the Gold Rush Trail on it that is said to be very, very active. And I think, if I'm correct, it has only ever been investigated once. Oh, wow. Dave, are there buildings on it, or is it just a trail area? It is a trail area. I believe there may be some railroad tracks in that area. Uh, People have seen figures. They've seen children. They've seen a lot of things the the grounds of the spruce hill spawn resort where we will be doing the event are very very active as well so we might even carry on that investigation into the area as well as long as we don't freak anybody out because there will be other people staying there but it is kind of interesting indeed that you know that the grounds will be holding it on are quite haunted as well that sounds really great. Absolutely. It's going to be an absolute great time. I'll make sure after the show we get you more information on that because we would love to host you guys out here for the event, and it's a good way to meet some people and, and build the right connections as well. Yeah, it, Yeah. if I can get everybody together and we can coordinate timing and all the rest of that fun stuff, then, yeah, I think that would just be awesome. For sure. For sure, you have an you have an Okanagan chapter too, yeah. Yes, um, it's a very small, uh, a very small team right now, um, but yeah, it's uh, based kind of between Vernon and um, oh, come on, Kelowna. Mm-hmm. Investigated the O'Keefe's ranch up there. Uh, I don't believe so, no. Um, that would be, you would have to talk to Robin about that. She's kind of, she's heading up the Okanagan chapter. Why uh, is I'll it, give you her email address after the show. 
Why do you think it's important to have your team spread out in two different provinces? Um, well, I, I don't know that it's important. It's just she, when Robin moved uh, out to BC, we wanted to keep things going. And where she moved to, there isn't any paranormal team. So we just thought, well, why not? Like, why not start something there? Right. And, and how important is that, though, to have two different teams? And do you see a benefit in that in the way you guys collect evidence, the way you guys are able to to notify each other of strange happenings, that maybe something is happening in the Okanagan? And for our American listeners who don't know where the Okanagan is, it's kind of like the desert portion of British Columbia in south-central British B.C. here. And it is absolutely beautiful, filled with very blue-green lakes, the Ogopogo Sea Monster is in Okanagan Lake right there as well. But when you have two different provinces with two different teams working under the same banner, Holly, that's got to work well for you. So, so at least you have someone close in whom you can trust that you can bounce evidence off that may not make sense. Oh, absolutely. Um, in fact, it can be really, really helpful in terms of um, objectivity. Um, we can go into a location and we can all you know, for here in Calgary, we go into a location, we do our work, we do our our um, review and analysis, and we're not quite sure, so we send it over to to Robin and her team, and we say, what do you think about this? This is where we were, this is what was happening at the time, what does this sound like to you? And, and they will do the same for us, and yeah, it can really make a big, big difference in terms use- of what we what we are going to say yes we we can explain this or well no we can't i use a third party uh evp audio guy as well um he lives in edmonton and i find it a lot very non-partial when you Mm -hmm. have a person who was not there to go through it um i prefer that actually yeah, it, it can be so helpful and make such a big difference to the overall um, the overall uh, result, right? In your end, what are you trying to solve with your team? Do you have a common goal, or are you like these TAPS groups who literally just go to prove a place is haunted or not and then leave? Oh, no. Our, the tagline on our website is what we're about, explaining what you thought you saw. We, we don't ever go into a location anticipating any kind of activity. We go into a location expecting absolutely nothing. So we, when we go in, the, all we're doing is we're looking for the source. What made that bump in the night? What made that sound? What made that mark? What made, you know, like all kinds of things. And we work really hard to debunk it. We want to prove that it's, it's not something to, to be worried about. We want, because that helps people feel a whole lot better, right? Like if I come into your house and, and you tell me that there's all kinds of stuff going on and you're freaked right out, which a lot of people are really scared when stuff's going on that they don't understand. So we, we go in and we say, okay, well, so did you check the, the electromagnetic field energy on your refrigerator? Is it really high? Because high EMF is known to create a variety of 
symptoms? Um, or uh, is there a squeaky floorboard? Is your, is your stairwell out of square? Are your doors not plumb? Um, you know, is, is, is part of your flooring not level? Like, what, what's going on? Like, that's the things that we want to look at. We, we, don't, we don't tell somebody, yes, this is paranormal. If we can't explain it, we say we don't know what it is yet. Do you help your clients with the activity, though? Do you do cleansings? If they ask us to, um, then, then if, if we feel like that's going to give them some peace of mind, then yes, um, we do have a, a specialist on our team for that. And he is extremely good at what he does. And so we bring him in and, and he, he does a, a, a total cleansing and the client feels better. And rarely do we ever hear back from them. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing when that yeah. happens. Get, getting rid of a ghost. Um, I think that's that's something that <laughs> it could be debated. Um, if if there is genuinely, if, if there is really honestly a ghost in your house, if that ghost doesn't want to leave, then then I, I don't know that you could force them because um, they're people just like us, right? So. If you don't want to leave your house, it's not likely that somebody's going to force you out. And I kind of think it might be the same situation for a ghost. If they don't want to leave, then then what are you going to do? So we don't we don't ever tell people, yep, we can get rid of it because we don't know. <laughs> you know, like we can't make that kind of a of a claim, and we can't make that kind of a guarantee because if they don't want to go, they're not going to go. Do you guys ever bring in a medium or a sensitive into your investigations? Uh, we have we have a sensitive on the team. Um, all of us are kind of a little bit sensitive in our own special ways, but um, but our occult specialist Shay is very sensitive, and he's he's the guy that we bring in when when. Uh, you know, when a client is telling us, well, this, this is happening where I'm hearing this or I'm feeling that and I don't like it and it makes me uncomfortable, then we, you know, she comes in and he does however he does that and, and he just seems to know. So he's kind of the, he's the team's occult specialist and sensitive. What is an occult specialist? That's actually kind of a cool, cool name. Um, she deals with, with things that we would, we would refer to as occult things like, um, you know, if there's, how would I explain this? Um, if he felt that, that there was some unpleasant activity going on, then he would try to determine what it is. Um, he is a Wiccan, so his work sometimes involves Ouija boards. It involves different um, different types of tools that he's got. Like he's got a whole massive bag of tools that he uses for things that we don't normally use. 
Does that make sense? Am I explaining that right? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Does, what does he do your cleansing? I'm just curious, like if the, if like the Wiccan style of cleansing houses. Um, yeah, he has he has a whole ritual that he goes through, and um, and it's a very it's a very detailed kind of ritual. Um, I I don't know a whole lot about it, so I can't really speak for him. And he's not in a position right now where he can come in and he can come and explain it. Um, but but he will go through. He has herbs and and all different kinds of things that he uses to do a total cleansing of a house. And once once he's done that, um, things usually get better. I got some questions coming in from our audience here. We'll start off okay. with with. Joe's question, aren't there ghosts pretty much everywhere, but in some places they are just a little bit noisier and more demonstrative? I think that's possible. Sure. Why not? Why would you say that? Because I don't think that we're just the only residents on this planet. I think there's all kinds of stuff going on on this planet. Um, and some, some people see them, some people don't, most of us probably don't even have any awareness of it at all. It's like we're living in a parallel universe where you have us on one side of the line and then you have the others, which is what we would call ghosts or spirits. And they're kind of on the other side of the line and, and rarely do we ever actually meet Another question from our audience. This one comes from Ron all the way in Saskatchewan. I'm sure if you look east, you could wave and see him waving back because it's so flat over where you are. Hi, Ron. (laughs) Ron is asking. That's awesome, by the way. Ron is asking, what kind of equipment do you use or prefer? Um, Well, we keep it really simple. We use voice recorders and digital cameras. And that's usually about it. Um, that's part of that is because we just don't have the money to buy big fancy equipment. And part of it is because the simpler it is, um, the more likely that whatever you do manage to capture is probably going to be genuine. I mean, would you, you know, I mean, we don't want to be lugging around a whole boatload of equipment because it seems like the more equipment that you bring into a situation, the, the greater the risk of contamination that you, that you have to deal with because that equipment is clunky and if you bang it the wrong way and the recorder's picked up that sound, they can translate it, or not translate it, sorry, but the, the recorder, quote-unquote, hears that sound very differently than what the human ear hears it. So, you know, plus then you've got to be hauling all that stuff back um, so we just use digital cameras and, and simple voice recorders and we don't have any trouble at all. Do you believe gear is important for an investigation? I'm still a little bit at a loss for words whether gear is actually needed or not because I understand the technology behind trying to prove everything and everybody wants to be scientific and everybody puts their trust and faith in equipment that is out there. However, 
I guess maybe I'm just a believer that simpler is better. I like the feeling of going into a place knowing that it's haunted. I like trying to get my senses going. What do you prefer? The kiss method. Absolutely. All the way. If we're going to go into to a place that we're told is really, really active, the last thing we want to be do want want to be doing is to be dragging a whole bunch of equipment with us. We want to be in the moment. We want to be opening our awareness. We want to be looking around at stuff. I mean, okay, take some pictures and and run some video and have the voice recorders going. But you want to just be in the moment. If something's going to happen, it's going to happen. If it's not, then it's not. It doesn't matter. So. If it's, if it's not going to happen, then that's okay. Um, but you don't need a crap load of equipment. It's just my opinion. But I, I, just, don't think, I just don't think you need a crap load of, of equipment to do something that the human, the human body or human brain or however you want to look at that is already designed to do. I mean, we already have the ability to, to figure stuff out on our own. So why would you need a bunch of equipment to tell you what you, what your gut already knows? My weapon of choice is the voice recorder. I literally just bought a, uh, a new one upgraded my old stuff. I bought a $200 task cam voice recorder. Mm. Yep. Nice. Pretty excited to use it. Um, on your website, you say you, you, um, where to go canine ghost detection. What can you tell me about that or tell us about that? Do you still do that? Um, yeah, that is with my dog, Glimmer. She um, is an extraordinary dog. And, I, okay, I know that kind of sounds a little bit biased <laughs> um, because she's my dog, but she is quite extraordinary. She, um, she has, I don't know, she just, she's just different. I, if she's, going to pick up anything, then she's going to tell me that there's something going on. Um, she was about six months old, seven months old, when I decided to start teaching her or working to teach her about alerting me to something else that I couldn't see. I wanted to know if it was even possible because animals are naturally sensitive to energy. And since dogs like all other animals, are all about energy and they can see it or sense it or feel it much better than humans can, I thought it would be a really cool idea to just test her to see if she could, if she could pick up on it. And if she could, if I could teach her to alert me to something unusual going on. What sort of tells does she give you? She's kind of like a paranormal service dog. Um, well, if, I, if I'm working her out at one of our local cemeteries, um, she, she will be going along. We'll, like we'll go along and we'll be just walking along. And, and to the average observer, it just looks like I'm taking my dog for a walk. But um, what I'm doing is we're just going through each row of headstones and sometimes she will just stop for no apparent reason and she'll stare 
at, at, a, at a headstone. And she'll just stare. It's not like she's looking at her own reflection or anything like that. She just, her ears will go up a little bit. She'll, she'll go into, into a, an alert state and she'll just stare. So that tells me, okay, maybe there's something going on there. And then I'll move her away. We'll come back. And if she does it again, then, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's interesting the way she does it. She just, she'll, she'll stop and stare or um, she will just get very still. Like she'll just stop and she'll be really still and her nose is going and her ears are up and she won't move from where she is. I can't see any cause for it myself, um, but whether she's picking up on on an energy be- being there that I can't see, or maybe she's picking up on something else, I don't know. But it seems to me that her her alert is to become very still and either stare really hard at something, um, or just be really really rock still. Have you caught any EVPs um, or any sort of evidence when she's done her thing? And what kind of dog is she? Uh, Glimmer is a golden retriever Shih Tzu Cocker Spaniel mix. <laughs> her, her sire is full golden retriever and her dam is the Shih Tzu Spaniel. And we've, we've had some interesting things. Um, she's been in a couple of uh, locations. One was a private residence, and another one was a business. Um, and she, there were parts of of both of those locations that she would not go into. Absolutely refused. Um, I I couldn't get her in into certain areas. I couldn't get her in there for a lot of money. She just wouldn't go. But that's how she gets. Interesting. And have you ever picked up any, like, audio evidence when she does that? Um, I think so, but it's kind of hard to be certain because there's other, there were other factors that were there, that were at work at the time. Um, for example, in the private residence, there was quite a bit of outside noise, so I wasn't able to determine for sure whether what I was hearing on the recorder was coming from inside or outside. Um, at the business that we were at, um, there were other people present, so I couldn't, again, I could not determine whether what I was hearing was coming from upstairs or coming from something downstairs. Like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be certain. All I could do is go by her body language and how she was acting. When, when I was listening to the when I was listening to the recorder after that, it it was it was big. It was inconclusive is the word that I'm looking for. Sorry, I'm I'm kind of going off on there. Sorry, it, it was inconclusive. I'm totally intrigued with that. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Yeah, she's she's actually we did a we did an investigation um, for uh, Alberta Prime Time at the Cat and Fiddle. In, uh, in in here in Calgary, and she was great. She was. We were outside. The camera guys showed up, and they were bringing out the equipment. She was fine. Everything was going along fine. 
and then when it came time to go in into the into the building, um, I could not get her in the door. She would not go inside that building. She just wouldn't. I finally got her in. We we walked her. I walked her through the through the main part of the bar to try and familiarize her a little bit, or at least get her more comfortable. And um, she started to relax a little bit, and then we we went to go downstairs. And she got about three steps down, and she said, "Nope, that's it. She was done. She wasn't going any further." I I had a heck of a time getting her downstairs to the basement. Got a question coming in from no... I got a question coming in from Twitter at hashtag spaced out radio from Robin and thank you so much Robin for participating. He is asking, do you think it's possible that ghosts can see us if they choose to? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think personally, I think they probably have an easier time seeing us than we have seeing them. That's just my opinion. Do you think then that that spirits are able to show some sort of smarts, some sort of intelligence, or do you think that they carry over what most of us think, maybe a lost soul? Um, I think some can. Um, I think that some are just kind of imprinted. It's, it's like a broken record, right? So it's just like a, like a tape playing over and over and over again. And that particular energy has zero awareness of, of living people or anything. There's just zero awareness. It's just, like I said, it's just like a tape going over and over again. But then there are other types that are intelligent and they are the ones that can interact with us and they see us and they can talk to us. Um, they either choose to stick around or they choose not to. Um, and maybe some are lost, but if some are lost, those, you know, that, that I don't really know for sure about. <laughs> I would like to say that there are lost souls, but, uh, but I don't know. I'm a living human. I don't know anything about that. I think they have the same intent and curiosity as us. I feel that they probably, if they choose for us to see them, they will let us. If not, say it'll be. I agree with that. Yeah, I can agree with that. I like this comment from John at hashtag spaced out radio. He's saying your dog is just doing that to mess with you. Dogs think that kind of stuff is funny. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I would love to agree that with that, but I mean, I, I'm a dog trainer by day. Um, in my experience, dogs are all about energy and body language. So if my dog is, is acting that way, there's usually a good reason for it. I can't prove that she's reacting to a spirit or a ghost. For all I know, she could be reacting to um, maybe there's a yipping coyote like a mile away or something. She could be reacting to that. I mean, they're highly sensitive, right, to scent and sound and all that. They can, I mean, their hearing and their sense of smell is like 10,000 times greater than a human's. So she could be just reacting to that. 
and I'm just not seeing them. Or maybe she's maybe she's caught catching the, the scent of a rabbit or or a bird or a squirrel or something. I, I don't know. But because a dog is energy and body language, energy and body language, energy and body language, they can they experience energy. They don't have the human the, the same human complexity uh, you know, trying to well, I'm just going to do this because it's fun and I can fool my human and, and all that. Like they don't have, they don't, their brain is not designed to work that way. Humans do, but, but dogs don't. I'm a firm believer that animals do have some sort of intuition that goes on there. I mean, I know my dogs here have their own intuitiveness. I know, we have caught our little guy and our dog staring at the same area and seeing things moving in that area. So I know, though, that my house, I mean, you would love my house. My house is like a Kmart blue light special when it comes to the weird and strange around here. Uh, you know, Woo-hoo. absolutely, absolutely. I had a remote viewer named Tony come in and check out my house just to see what was going on. And he's the one who pretty much told me that uh, I've got the whole gamut going on here, which is a lot of fun. I, I kind of appreciate that, too. I kind of appreciate that. Oh, that's that. awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when it comes to animals and you use your dog on investigation, what signs are you looking for from your dog in order to see if it's actually picking up what, say, your scientific technology is picking up uh i would be watching her behavior um i would be looking for signs of resistance um resistance meaning does she not want to go into a specific area if so why not um if she if she's okay with going into the kitchen but she's not going okay with going into the master bedroom why doesn't she want to go in the master bedroom I, I look for things like that. Um, I I watch her her body language very very carefully, and and I just wait to see. Like if I see her her ears come up and go forward, then I want to know why. Um, if I see her if I see her tail start to go down to go between her legs, I want to know why. I want to know what she's looking at, and I want to know why she's reacting that way. Is she always on, or does she take breaks? I know my dogs, they're pretty relaxed. The cat doesn't care. The cat just doesn't care about anything but himself. <laughs> but but literally, with with the dogs, our dogs seem to be so used to it that... You know, it doesn't even phase them anymore when there is activity happening at my house. Is that like it? The same thing with your dog? Um. Well, I, I don't. I don't really know how to answer that. Um, if I'm if I take her out, then I then she's on duty. But when we're at home, no, she's not. Is is that what you're looking for? Yeah. An honest answer. That's what I got. You know, that that works for me. That totally works for me. I got a question from Ron in Saskatchewan again. He's a he's a sure. rough he's a Rough Riders fan, so you know, just be careful. He probably has a watermelon on his head right now. 
you know how Go Scouts. Yeah, go Lions. Go Lions. <laughs> Here we go. Canadian, Canadian football sucks. Okay. Uh, no, it does not. No, it does not. You know what sucks? You suck, Mike, for bringing up that gnome thing earlier on. Anyways. Go, go Saints. Yes. Yeah, go Saints. It takes real men to get four downs, ten yards and four downs instead of three. Anyways, Ron's question is, have you ever had any attachments follow any of your team or yourself home? And if so, how did you deal with it? Um... I've had one unusual experience myself uh, where we had a case out of town and it seemed that on the way back into town after we did our preliminary investigation, um, it, I, I had another team member with me because we don't work solo ever. So um, we were coming back and it was just the two of us and we both kind of had the feeling like we were not the only two people in my car. It was just, it was a very strange feeling. And then she started experiencing stuff not long after that. And I had stuff going on at my house too, not long after that. So we just kind of, um, we just, we just, well, I, I'm not quite sure how she handled it, but I know for myself, um, I just kind of put my foot down and said, yeah, whatever, you need to get out. <laughs> I don't want you here. Get out. And and it just kind of took a while, but it was over and done with fairly quickly. I think some of, I think a lot of, of something like that has to do with what you're willing to believe. Um, that's not a popular opinion. I know that, but. If I if I believe that something is coming is following me home, or that something has followed me home, then I'm not going to give that any kind of power at all. I'm just going to say, okay, I acknowledge you. Now get out, because you're not welcome here. And that's that. It's not open for negotiation. Bye bye. And and I just stay with that, and then I have nothing more to do with it, because I know from my own experience in my younger years it, that if I keep paying attention to it and I keep paying attention to it, then I'm actually creating a cycle for myself where it just gets more power because I'm feeding it. And I don't want to do that. I don't have the energy to do that. <laughs> so I just, you know, I, I just have to, to just say, yeah, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Sayonara. Do you ever cleanse yourself or cleanse your house after investigations or if you think you've been followed? Uh, if I think I've been followed, yes. What is your method? Um, um, I just, I use sage and sweetgrass and I go through my entire house, top to bottom, every window, every doorway, and I clear everything out and, um, uh, and then once I've got everything cleared out, everything feels a lot better, and then I'm good to go. Do you ever bring protection in with you to investigations, like stones or things like that? Um, I used to, but I find that I just don't anymore. 
because I've because I when I'm going into an investigation, I'm going in with with the expectation that I'm not going to find anything. Um, I haven't encountered anything that was so bad and so nasty that I that I couldn't deal with it. And on that note, we are going to hop out for our first break of the night. Holly, I'll get you to hold on. we got a much more questions coming up. Mike, I do have your question in the chat room. I will get to that right after the break. Holly from Wolf Paranormal is our guest tonight on Ghosts of the Great White North with my co-host, Mike Morin, who apparently has a gnome hat on because he's got bad hair tonight. But more or less, we're getting more into the paranormal right after this on the mighty SOR. We'll be right back. Coming September 29th to October 1st, the first annual Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon. Hi, this is Dave Scott. The event will be held at the Spruce Hill Spawn Resort in 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia. Come join us for an amazing weekend of speakers talking all things paranormal. UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Sasquatch, intuitiveness. Listen to great speakers like Miriam Delicato, Samantha Mowat, and the crypto guru Ronald Murphy. Get your VIP passes by going to spacedoutradio.com and clicking on the Paracon banner. Come to BC, where the paranormal is waiting for you. From coast to coast to coast, Blacklight Uncharted is taking on the paranormal across Canada. From ghostly hauntings to the UFOs flying above in conjunction with MUFON Canada, they're closely investigating what's going on in the northern skies and checking out the apparitions that walk among us. Check out our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. We want to know your thoughts, we want to hear your experiences, and we want you to share your stories. The answers are out there, and we intend to find them. Would you like to become one of our space travelers? All you have to do is click on the space travelers icon at spacedoutradio.com. For only $5 a month, you can get access to some great prizes, as well as private monthly shows, newsletters, and a members-only section on our website. Become a space traveler today. It's paranormal news at its finest. Welcome to The Encounter. At spaceoutradio.com, The Encounter Online is SOR's trusted news source for everything weird and strange going on around the world. This is news editor Eric Markham. Our team of journalists are scouring the planet for those strange stories that rarely make the mainstream. No fear-mongering or fake news here. Head over to spaceoutradio.com and encounter The Encounter. Hey, this is Canadian Paranormal Investigator Mike Moore. The third Wednesday of every month, I'll be teaming up with Dave Scott to bring you Ghosts of the Great White North. Each month, we will bring on guests from across Canada to discuss their ghostly encounters. Canada is a paranormal hotbed with stories you've never heard, so we're going to bring them to you. So get comfy on your Chesterfield, grab a donut, and join us, eh? Have you had an experience you can't explain? Had a run-in with ghosts, maybe Bigfoot, or seen lights in the sky? Hi, I'm Mike Schmidt from the SOR Sight Lines. I'm here to investigate your sighting. Head to spacedoutradio.com and fill out a report on the sight lines. All your information is 100% confidential, and I will help you figure out what you've been seeing. File your report, and let's find out the answers together. Visit purpleplates.com today. 
For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit. And expect a miracle. Are you interested in advertising on Spaced Out Radio? Head to our website at spacedoutradio.com and click on our advertising tab. There, you will find an assortment of ways you can get your product out there with us, from radio commercials to banners and social media. Have a product you like our hosts to endorse? We can do that too. Visit spacedoutradio.com for more details. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. From British Columbia to Northern California, Pacific North Weird has Cascadia covered. Check out our feature videos at spacedoutradio.com, where I, Vincent Zunza, and my super sleuth partner, Alexandra Sullivan, track down the weird and strange stories from around the Pacific Northwest from Bigfoot to Mel's Hole, and everything in between. This is what makes life exciting. So why report the normal when we can report the Pacific North Weird? Right here at spacedoutradio.com. Oh, there's only one way to rock. Loud and proud. In high definition, Radio 702 Rocks. Las Vegas. Every Saturday and Sunday night, as Dave Scott wanders aimlessly in the wilderness, you can come hang out with me, James Tyson, and Spaced Out Weekend. Starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, I'll take you along as we talk with some of the best experts in their fields. SpacedOutRadio.com is the place to find us, so sit down, relax, put your feet up, enjoy the topics like the paranormal, supernatural, intuitiveness, and so much more. Hope to see you there. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. Views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. And hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Now, back to Dave Scott 
and SOR. Welcome back to Space Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Good to have you with us. Tomorrow night on the program, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time, we're talking time travel, or are we? Jason Quitt and John D'Souza are going to be with us talking about the fake John Teeter that's going around the internet and how they got duped. It's going to be a great show indeed, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time at spacedoutradio.com. We want to welcome in everyone listening in on WQEE 99, Rock the Key down in Noonan, Georgia, home of The Walking Dead. We're also live on the United Public Radio Network on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. Good to have you with us as well. We're also live on KTLK, The Fringe FM. Renegade talk radio out of las vegas and if you're listening in on revolution radio remember the double r machine is a donation station financed by you the valued listener head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today bill cardwell has set the password for tonight in the sor space travelers club bill really seriously man ephemeromorph ephemeromorph or is it ephemeromorph one of those is your password for tonight. Make sure you use it wisely, Space Travelers, as Bill sets a password each and every night right here on the Mighty SOR. Now, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio if you want to connect with me live during the show or just make some snarky comment that i got to snark back on. You know who you are. You can also give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. Give me a follow on Instagram, Dave Scott, S-O-R. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download this show and others on iTunes. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including joining the S-O-R Space Travelers Club for 5 bucks a month. You can check out our store that has T-shirts, stickers, autographed posters from yours truly. And if you want to attend a great weekend getaway, how about September 29th to October 1st, the first annual Caribou Paracon put on by Spaced Out Radio, being held right here in 108-mile ranch, British Columbia, and at the Spruce Hills Spa and Resort, which is haunted, although we don't let the regular patrons know that. Tickets are on sale, 10% off. Until July 31st, get your VIP tickets today because we want to see you all there. It's going to be a great time indeed that weekend. You can also check out the encounter online on our website, giving us great news and a lot of information. You can read up on my latest blog there as well. Tonight we are taking on Ghosts of the Great White North. This is where we bring in a Canadian paranormal team to discuss all the hauntings happening around spots in Canada. Tonight we are talking with Wolf Paranormal's Holly. She is the founder and lead investigator of the team out of Calgary, Alberta. And I am joined by my co-host, as I am for every one of these shows, Mike Morin. How are we? Living the dream. We're good. Excellent. Excellent. Now, Mike, I hope you learned from your scolding during the break that there's no more gnome chatter. I would appreciate that. I gnome. <laughs> Get it? That's terrible. <laughs> that That is terrible. You know, that's not even funny. That's like Ray Romano not funny. Just saying. <laughs> I'm still giggling at it. Yeah, you probably are. You probably are, and and I could see you doing that. Let's get to a question from our audience here. This one comes from Mike in BC. Mike is asking, has your group 
ever gone to the old residential school site north of Calgary, he's heard that there is plenty of hauntings around there. Uh, the Devil's Playground. Tell us uh, about it. Well, there's some controversy about that, about whether it is or is not haunted. Um, it is on private land. And the last time I was there, um, it looks like there's quite a bit of development going on. Um, but the story goes that the, the schoolhouse burned down and some kids were killed in, in the resulting fire. And um, that apparently those children haunt that area to this day. Uh, there's been reports of heavy equipment malfunctioning um, when when um, uh, developers have tried to dig stuff up and move stuff around and, you know, prep the land and all that kind of fun stuff. And apparently equipment malfunctions and some people have, have heard kids crying in in that where the where the school used to be um but i i haven't i haven't been out there into that building myself because like i said it's on private land and um it you just there's no going in there not mm -hmm. legally anyway you'd have to trespass and we don't do that mm -hmm. let's get to another question so I, I can't verify let's get to another question from jeff he's in edmonton he's an oilers fan much like me so we're ganging up on you here. But Jeff, okay. is, Jeff is asking, would you not want gear to prove what you're feeling instead of your own personal experiences? Sorry, can you repeat the question? Sure, I can. Would you not want gear to prove what you are feeling instead of your own personal experiences? Oh, gear. Oh, yes, absolutely. If we If we ever capture something on the voice recorders or on our cameras that that we can't explain that would be awesome that is truly truly awesome yeah any any time that we can validate anything that we do experience it's always a great day so yes what's your most memorable <laughs> What's your most memorable paranormal experience while investigating? Um, I would have to say, well, that one didn't actually take place in Calgary. Um, that one actually took place out in the Crow's Nest Pass. That, for me personally, that's, that's the most memorable. Um, but in Calgary, um, hmm. I think the Atlas Mine. The Atlas Mine. Um, that's out in Drumheller, though. That's not in Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing in Calgary that I can personally think of that's, that's terribly memorable. Um, Tell us about the Crow's Nest Pass. Oh, the Crow's Nest Pass. Oh, my God. What a place. So um, a few years ago, the whole team, well, almost the whole team, we went out to um, uh, Coleman, and we spent a weekend out there. So the plan was to go check out the Bellevue mine and check out the Greenhill mine, which is, um, it's kind of between Coleman and, and Blairmore by uh, Frank Slide. So we were going to do the whole thing, Bellevue and Coleman and Blairmore, and we were going to go check out the Frank Slide 
and all of that stuff. We ended up at the Greenhill Mine, which is a absolutely huge compound, huge compound. And um, it's an old mining site. There's still really large pieces of machinery there that are bolted down into the, into um, the, oh, I want to say paving slabs, but they're not paving slabs. It's, I mean, there was concrete there. So they were, they're all bolted down the lines where the, or the poles where the, where the uh, lines were running to provide electricity. They're still there. There's coal mining carts there. They're like, there's all kinds of really cool stuff there. So we went out there and um, it, it was just amazing. We had one part of the team at one end of the compound and we had the other part of the team at the, at the other end of the compound. So that, you know, there would be no contamination from either team. The one, the, the first half of the team was Robin and uh, um, Trevor, who is no longer with, with the team. Um, and they were in this one building and they were getting, there was a tree or something that was slamming the side of the building and they couldn't find out what was causing it. They were outside, they were checking around, they were trying to figure out what was causing, causing this loud banging against the building and there was no wind, so it wasn't trees banging up against it. We had no clue what was going on. Meanwhile, myself and my other teammate, Michelle, we were in a completely different building, and we were hearing stuff being thrown on top of the roof, like rocks being thrown on top of the roof, and we had no clue what was going on. So we went out, and we're checking around, and there's nothing. And this is like 11 o'clock at night. So there's no squirrels out there. There's like, there's nothing. There's no wildlife out there at that moment. So we couldn't figure out what was causing the, what was causing the, the, the rocks being dropped on the roof. Well, then we get back to where we had parked and um, Robin and Trevor had been in a, in a building where there was a compressor at one time and it doesn't work anymore. Obviously everything's disconnected. Um, But they actually picked up on the recorders the sound of the machinery grinding, like trying to get going. They actually caught that on the recorders. And there's no mistaking it. It was awesome. Go ahead, Mike. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say that's... And was going to ask um, Drumheller. That's where in Canada, to the Americans, Drumheller is kind of like our dinosaur fossil episode. Are all the dinosaurs found in Canada basically are from there? Not all, but like mm-hmm. most of them. Do you so. find? Yeah, and that brings up a good question. Do you find, Holly, that because? Let's face it, there was the wild, wild west of Canada up in the prairie provinces when they were trying to get the railroad through the literally the Rocky Mountains. And mm-hmm. you combine that with First Nations, you combine that with the amount of dinosaur bones and everything that have been found in the Drumheller and that southern Alberta region. How is the energy around there when it comes to the paranormal? Um, around Drumheller or around... Every, every, everywhere in that southern Alberta area. Um, in Drumheller, 
Well, in Drumheller, it's it's interesting because sometimes you can you can go out there and it just feels kind of weird. Like it 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 feels there's there's sections sections like there's there's little it's it's like they're little pockets where you just feel like maybe you just don't want to go there um or or it just or it feels fine drumheller is very strange that way it has it's like it kind of goes in waves and i don't know maybe it depends on whether there's a full moon or (laughs) I, i don't know but it's 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 never consistent it's never a constant it it's constant it's always not constantly but it's always you either feel it or you don't it just depends on on what day you're going I guess I don't know but it just doesn't seem to be a steady thing no matter where you go now if you go to the mine to Atlas Mine that is a whole different ball of wax um that place is phenomenal it I mean, you walk into the, like when you pull into the parking area, as soon as you pull into that parking area, you just know there's something going on there. You feel it as the second you get, well, if you don't feel it when you're coming into the parking lot, you feel it when you get out. It just has its own kind of atmosphere about it and you just know that any of those buildings that you're going to go into and you're going to look around and you're going to hear the stories because the guides tell the stories about them and, and you just know, like you feel it, you can actually feel it. Um, other places, uh, other places in Alberta, I think it just depends on, on um, <laughs> what day it is and how the moon how the moon is or, or what have you, or if you're open to it at that moment, or it, it's very finicky that way, I think. Have you guys ever investigated the Rose and Crown pub, the old pub that used to be the, the old funeral home? Uh, we did. Yes. Um, but we really, we really didn't get anywhere because we had to be there during the day that was when we were allowed to go and there were patrons in the building. So, um, we, we didn't, we didn't get anything at all because there was too much noise contamination because there were patrons there and there were, there were areas that we were not allowed to go in at all. So, um, it was, it was mostly, we could go upstairs and kind of move around there and go on the main floor and move around in there. But, but there was just too much noise and music and, and everything. So it was kind of a waste. Get to some more questions from our audience here. Joe is asking if ghosts can see us all the time, how are we supposed to be comfortable around them, especially in personal situations? Well, that's a really good question. And it's actually asked quite often. And my opinion on that is um, ghosts are are people, just like we are, and they're not going to intrude on us during personal moments. Let's get to another question then, this one from Jeff. Jeff is asking, have you and your team ever investigated 
Oh, did you ask this one, Mike, about the Rose and Crown Pub that used to be a funeral home? I did. My apologies. Uh, I apologize. Mike screwed me up there. Let's blame Mike again. That's what happens when he has his gnome hat on. Damn it, Mike. <laughs> Damn it, Mike. Exactly. Damn it, Mike. I'm shaking my fist at you right now. No way. I'm always the victim. Always. Well, you should be. Let's get to Joe's question or Gail's question here. Gail is asking, do you and your team ever go to investigate ghosts and find any demons instead? No. 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 Sorry. Um, no. Um, demon? Uh, okay. I'm really on the fence about that. Um, I, I think there are good energies and bad energies. And I think there are some really, really nasty energies. Um, whether I would label it as a demon or not, I don't know, but honestly, um, no, because a, a demon was going to haunt you. Um, you would have to be, I think anyways, you would have to be pretty important to them in order for them to single you out and want to make your life a living hell. Um, I, I, it's a very, very rare thing that happens most times. Um, it's just somebody who's just trying to say, Hey, I'm here. Talk to me, acknowledge me, but a demon, no. Have you ever come across a demon in your, all your years of investigation? Because, I mean, let's face it, when it comes to paranormal and television shows and everything right now, that's the popular topic right now. Demons are everywhere, man. Demons. Well, demons get ratings. Come on. It's all about the ratings. Um, in the years that I've been investigating, no. Never encountered one. Don't expect to. They don't have time for me, and I certainly don't have time for them, but they definitely don't have time for me. Like, I'm just not that important <laughs> to them to be, to, for them to want to be coming after me, and most humans are just not that important for them to want to bother. So, no. On Twitter right now, Robin has a question. With all of these paranormal shows, how much do you think they give the misconception for people who want to be ghost hunters? Um, I would say they, that would be, if I'm understanding the question correctly, I would say 100% of the time. It's all about, first of all, it's all about the ratings. Whatever you have to do to get those, keep those ratings up or get them up, then you do it. Um, they're very misleading because of that. They don't, there's so much stuff that you just don't see when you're watching a show like that. Um, you don't see the hours and hours and hours of absolutely tedious, mind-numbing review of listening to audio or reviewing video. You don't see any of that. All you see in the shows is whatever they've created. So, oh, the chair moved. Well, you know, things like that. I don't think, I think it used to be maybe genuine at one point, but it's not anymore. It's all staged. And that, and that's really not fair because when people, because people see that and they think, oh, well, I can go be a, a ghost hunter. I can be an investigator. Let's go do that. And then people get themselves into situations where maybe they're coming up against something that's not going to play nice and they don't know what to do. 
and then they get hurt, you know, or, or they don't, they just, they just don't have enough information and enough understanding of what really goes on in order to do a good job. And those, and those shows, they're never going to change that because they don't, you know, they don't want to lose ratings. So when you but they have... get people thinking that everybody's everybody's going to go out and they're going to find oh they're going to find this 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 big ghost or they're going to go find a demon or they're going to like I mean oh my god it's crazy. So when you are say getting new recruits wanting to come in and join your team, what's a yes and what's a no for you? Considering that, let's face it. Television has made the paranormal extremely popular these days with the entire fringe crowd who either says, hey, I can do that, I can make a good TV show out of ghosts, or just has an utter fascination with the topic because of TV. Um, well, we have, we have had several people um, apply to join the team saying that, you know, they've they're interested or they would like to do a ride along or um, they've watched the shows and they think that they could do it. And um, when we interview people, one of the very first things that we tell them is right off the bat, forget everything you've ever seen on TV because none of it's real. And if, if they just, you know, if they don't want to let go of that, well, then they're just not going to, they're not going to be a, a good candidate, right? Like we don't, we don't want, we don't want everybody to just come in all gung ho and be all, oh yeah, I believe in this and I believe in that and I believe in demons because we just, no. That's a deal breaker <laughs> for us if they're just coming in because they, they've seen all the shows and they really want to try it out. That, that's that's going to get them a no. Well, Would you say shows? Oh, go ahead, Dave. Sorry. You go right ahead, Mike. I think we were going to ask the same question. I was just going to say, do you take shows like Ghost Adventures? I'm pro Ghost Adventures. I don't mind the show. I'll be straight. Um, do you think all of their evidence is staged, or do you think they do obtain all right evidence but ham it up a bit for viewers? I think they used to do good, um, but I think they, they well, <laughs> oh, I'm so going to get hate mail for this. Um, I think they, they used to be genuine and now they're not. I think they're just performers now. And um, I think a lot of what they do is probably staged. Um, because they got to keep the ratings up and the networks don't want, want to see nothing. And unfortunately in this field, that's what it's mostly about is a whole lot of nothing. You spend hours and hours and hours listening to audio and you get nothing. You spend hours and hours and hours reviewing until your eyes go blind, reviewing video and there's nothing. And that's what it's like most of the time. So what they're putting on TV, um, and it doesn't matter what group, whatever is being put on TV, um, if it's happening a lot, then no, I'm going to say that it's staged, and therefore it, it just really messes up the credibility of the teams like mine and other teams who are working their butts off 
to provide solid, credible evidence that there's at least something out there. Let's get to another question from our audience here. This one comes from Ron once again in Saskatchewan. I think he's painted his body green by now because he is a Rough Riders fan. (laughs) Do you investigate cemeteries and do you think it's sacrilegious to do so? We do, and no, I don't. Um, We go into cemeteries as as kind of like a training thing. Um, And if we're not busy, then then we will go in because it helps us keep our skills honed. Um, We don't feel that it's sacrilegious because really, if you're in a cemetery, honestly, are you going to want to stick around there? I don't think so. Like, why would you want to stick around a cemetery? If you're dead, aren't you going to want to go somewhere else? For sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but we, but cemeteries are really, really good places to, to train in or to just keep your skills honed um, because usually the location is such that there's all kinds of different things going on. There's um, traffic. There's the sound of wheels on, on asphalt. There's uh, flagpoles, the, the, rope on the flagpoles smacking up against the pole itself. Um, there's rustling grass. There's like, there's all kinds of different things that are going on that are just so awesome for somebody, especially when you're training someone on what to listen for, that they're, they're fantastic. They're just fantastic. Let's get to another question from Joe here. Joe is asking, Holly, have you ever gone ghost hunting in the woods? And speaking of things in the woods, what is your opinion on Bigfoot? Uh, I can't say that I have intentionally gone ghost hunting in the woods. Um, But I've experienced some things in the woods. And Bigfoot, I, I honestly don't know how I feel about it. Oh, he's um, real. He on the real. one hand, I think maybe it's... Well, on the one hand, I think there's a possibility of something. But on the other hand, I look at it and say, well, if, if this creature really actually does exist, why is it that no one, no one has ever found bones? And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I could go on like that for forever. <laughs> so I'm not going to. I'm on the fence about it. I'm not going to say that it doesn't exist, but I can't, I can't, say that it does either i'm just kind of on the fence about it well disagree on that one because i am a bigfoot sighter sweet yes yes i I, will will agree to disagree on that one by the way ron says he's wearing the triple watermelon tonight in his saskatchewan (laughs) rough riders colors He's an ill man. That's awesome. He's an ill man. We we can't we can't deny that. You know, we can't deny that. Hey, but he's had some good questions. Yes, he has. Yeah. Yes, he has. Do you find do yeah. you find rock and roll, Ron? Do you find outdoors to be a lot more active than indoors when it comes to your hauntings that you cover? Um, depending on where I am. It, it really depends on where I am. 
if, if I'm in a place where, um, let me think of a good, a good one here. Okay. If I go down, down to Lethbridge, for example, and I go down into Indian battle park, that that's a creepy, creepy place. I mean, I grew up in that city and I know that park, so (laughs) it, it's a creepy place. But if I go to, a restaurant down the street that's supposedly haunted, maybe it's not going to be. So I think it really depends on the location itself of whether it's more active outside than, than it is inside. Um, BC is a whole different ball, ball of wax because BC is, the, the entire province has got stuff going on, indoors and outdoors. So Again, depending on where you're where you're going, I mean anything's possible on that front. Do you find that there are certain areas of Calgary that are more haunted than other areas? Mm, not really. To be brutally honest, not really. I, I don't know what else to say to that because I, I just, not really. For me personally, anyways. I mean, any other, I mean, if you were to talk to, to other people on the team, they might have a completely different response. But for me personally, not really. <laughs> so when you come to your hauntings then, what do, what are you searching for? Are you mainly taking phone calls from people who are having emergency experiences with ghosts? Or are you just trying to track down sites that might be haunted? Um, well, a little of both, really. Um, people will get in touch with us and tell us that, you know, they're having issues and, and what's going on. So we try to get in touch with them and have a chat with them and, you know, ask them to document it. Give us two weeks of documentation and then we'll come out and, and we'll go over things with you and try to figure out what's going on. Um, other times we will check out various places that we've heard are haunted and we'll see about going into there and, and just get it for ourselves. Some places we won't go into because we do know that um, they, some places actually do profit from the rumor that they're haunted. So we don't want to be having anything to do with that because, you know, I mean, if we go in and we find what, what the cause is and we, we say, well, this is the cause, it's not actually haunted, this is the cause, then that particular place is going to lose business. And we don't want that. Do you find that there is did a that lot answer of... your question? Sure it did. Sure it did. Oh, okay. That's why you answered it. You gave me an answer, okay. and I'm, go- I'm going with it. Um, All righty, then. <laughs> Holly, do you happen to find that in your area of Calgary that there is a lot of First Nations heritage and spirit activity around? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This whole area, like, I mean, the whole area was inhabited by First Nations peoples, and, I mean, there were wars between the tribes and, and like, there's all kinds of stuff. The whole area is, has got its own stuff going on. Absolutely. Have you guys ever investigated any of the old battle sites? Not yet. 
Is that something that's on your list of things to do, considering the raw heritage of it all and basically how the West was won for the fact of the British moving West to try and get coast to coast? Um, it is, but, but we, we want to do it just, you know, kind of where we feel like, where we feel compelled to go kind of thing. Um, what we found is that Calgarians, so as, as warm and wonderful as, as Calgarians can be, um, it's really a hard ass town in, in the sense that people don't want to talk about that. They, they don't want to talk to you about ghosts and they don't want to talk to you about hauntings and they don't want to tell you um, what's what because it, it's just, you just don't do it. I mean, you know, this is, this is, you, you just don't. <laughs> it's just that kind of a, it's that kind of a city where they just, they don't want to talk about it. People don't want to talk about that stuff. So we go where we feel like going. We, we, we want to try and set up road trips. Let's go here. Let's go there. Let's just go for a drive and, and just go where we feel compelled to go. And, and we do it that way because that works much better for us. And it's also helpful if we actually don't have people um, telling us the stories, because then if we do experience something, it's much more genuine, if that makes sense. So with First Nations, do you find it easy to work with them in order to try and figure out what is going on? Or do you try, if you get First Nations energy coming out do you try and bring in elders to help you out with that or do you just step aside with those like a lot of groups do um actually i'm very happy to say that we are on pretty good terms um with uh, at least one of the reserves close by um we're on pretty good terms with the the people there and with the elders there and they do allow us to come in we're very respectful we go through the whole appeasement thing that that's, that's what they put in place and we go with that and we have not had any trouble. That's very lucky considering that a lot of First Nations really don't like people messing with their history and heritage of the spirit. Yeah, they, they don't. But um, we've been really fortunate because we we've met some people that do live on the reserve and we got talking with them and they said, you know, you guys really need to come out here and check this out. So we made a point of being in contact with the elders um, to have a discussion with them about them, about that and ask if it was okay for us to be there. So, you know, you, you show that kind of respect and, they they may say, okay, yeah, you can come here, but you need to do this or you need to do that, or they're going to say, thanks for being respectful, but no, we don't want you here. In our case, we've been really, really fortunate that we have a good relationship with them. Do you have any First Nations on your team? No. Not yet. But we haven't had any had anyone from First Nations applying either, so 
Do you think that's important to keep that that belief in the heritage going, considering it plays such a prominent role in Canadian history, and especially, say, the last 20 years, where the entire heritage has kind of been revitalized? I, I do think it's important, yes, absolutely. And I think it's important that any group that is going to look into um, investigating investigating areas that are typically managed by First Nations people, um, they need to be in regular communication and they need to have a good understanding about things and they need to be respectful of, of the traditions and the way things are done. I really hope that answered the question. <laughs> Mike? I, it does answer the question for me. I, I fully agree. Uh, the team I'm on, I'm well, I'm, tech, I'm Métis, so I guess technically I would fall under the First Nation umbrella. Um, we also have a couple other Métis members on our team, and, and we do a lot of Métis, like Aboriginal rituals before and after investigations. Like one of our guys, he'll uh, offer tobacco wherever we investigate out of respect mm-hmm. to the land. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Every investigation, like clockwork, he does it. And um, after an investigation, he will sage smudge with a concoction of like different types of sages, sweet grass. He uses some stuff from the prairies, you know, um, musmiagin, I think it's called. And he puts that in the, in the smudging blend. So yeah, we were pretty close to that belief system and we investigate. That's awesome. That's just so awesome. That makes me happy. And it smells really nice. Oh, I bet it does. I mean, the sage and sweetgrass alone would be absolutely phenomenal. How often do you guys investigate? Do you solicit more or are you more proactive? Um, well, we don't solicit. Um, we would just prefer that people come to us. Um, and then, uh, we've been really slack on it this past year, but we, um, we try to get out once a month, um, where we can just, you know, practice and, and work and get, keep ourselves going. except for this past year. This past year has just been a, a real killer. What's uh, one of the most, the best paranormal experiences you have with your current group? Um, wh- what do you mean by best? Think of I'm an investigation. Sure Think of an investigation you guys are on with the most compelling evidence or most startling. Oh, that would be the Green Hill Mine. Yeah, absolutely. Hands down. That would be the Green Hill Mine out in Crow's Nest Pass. Okay. Oh, yeah. And what happened in yeah. Drumheller? Uh, in Drumheller, it was myself and um, uh, another person at the time. It, I was just getting getting started, and we investigated the, the Atlas Mine, and we had um, – I actually got touched in the office of the um uh what is it, the administration building there where the 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 office is um i got touched and we have evp 
evidence kind of backing that up. There was somebody was talking at the same time as I was being touched. For people who have never I'd been have touched to... by, by a ghost, explain what it feels like. Oh, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It, it's like walking into a cobweb, but there's no cobweb. Like it's not a cobweb you see. Um, it's kind of a tickly feeling depending on where you are. Like I, I had a, happened kind of across my face um so it, it just felt it felt very light but it felt like I just had a cobweb go across my face it was very strange I, have I don't know been if touched that's once. kind of a universal thing mm-hmm. yeah I don't know if that's a universal feeling but <laughs> it was weird right I have only been touched once, and actually Mike was with me at that time. We were in the local museum that I do a tour at here. We were um, we were doing an investigation a couple weeks before the opening tour, and we actually went into an old Clydesdale barn that's up here, and the gentleman who is said to haunt and patrol the Clydesdale barn actually came and touched me on the wrist. It was, it was a strange feeling because Mike and I were the only ones in the barn at that time, and it's just strange when that happens because I'd never really had anything like that happen before. And so to all of a sudden get that feeling of being touched and, and you know, you know, kind of like, hey, we're here. How how you doing? You know, it was very, very intense for me because I just wasn't used to it. Do you, do you find that happening as well? Sometimes, yeah. Um, I've actually, and I know I'm not the only one on the team who's gone through this. Um, so I've been touched where, but not. It's it's not like um like a physical thing where you feel like somebody's touching you or a cobwebby thing that goes across you. Sometimes you can be touched in a way that it, you just get very emotional. That that has happened to me. It's happened to other members of my team, um, where we've been where we've been somewhere, and all of a sudden they they're fine, and then all of a sudden they're like really, really emotional, and and just want to cry, or they get really angry, or um, that that's happened. The one time I was touched, before being touched, I was like, I, you can't get touched by a ghost. Maybe we can hear stuff or see stuff, but you can't get touched. That's impossible. Um, we were at a historic house up in a town called Vernon, the O'Keefe's Ranch, to be exact. And um, we had a medium with us, and he's like, oh, there's a little boy there wanting to, like, give us, like, a high five or a slap her hand. So I'm like, fine, I will put my hand out. And um, I, I asked it to hit my hand about three or four times. I'm like, nah, this isn't going to happen. Then all of a sudden, I just felt it was kind of like a gust of wind slash pins and needles just hit my hand and almost like an electric charge. It was the weirdest feeling ever. The, the only oh, time. That's so cool. Yeah, it was. That's very cool. And we technically, I think we have it on video somewhere, but I. Uh, I'd like, I, yeah, I'd like to see that footage again. But see, that's that's the kind of thing that we want to see. 
right? Like we want to catch that, that something happening on camera. We want to see that whatever that ectoplasm or mist or whatever you want to call it. We want to see that actually making contact with a living person. Like that's what we want to capture. If we ever capture something like that, that's just going to, oh my God, that would just be the Holy Grail. (laughs) It really would. Makes me want to go through my footage right now. Somewhere on my my old (laughs) hard drive. I just want to let everybody know that if you're on Facebook or Revolution Radio chat room and you are trying to get a question in, I am on hold right now. My one computer that I run has decided to crash. So bear with me. I am trying to get it back up and running here. So please forgive me on that. Sorry, I just wanted to get that through because I don't want to seem like we're ignoring the audience at that point. That would kind of bug me. But when you're investigating... How many people do you usually go out with? Do you go out with a full team, or is it usually one or two members that are going out? Um, it depends on the location. If we're going to be outdoors, then um, we try to get the whole team together because we can cover more area if we're outdoors. But if it's in a residence, um, then it depends on the size of the residence. We won't take the entire team if we're going to a residence because... You don't want people all over the house, right? So because the more people that you have in a small space, the more chance there is for noise contamination. So, um, I, I mean, if, if the house is like a, I don't know, if, if it's a house and it's like a 10,000 square foot house, well, then maybe we could do the whole team. But most, most homes are not like that. So um, we'll, we'll kind of pick and choose depending on what the claims are that are being made, we'll kind of pick and choose who's going to do that investigation. Let's move on here in regards to the questions. You know, one of the things that I always like to see in a paranormal team is continuity and people who are working together, trying for the same cause. When you were picking your team for Wolf Paranormal in Calgary, were you looking for pretty much the same thing or did you want a bunch of different personalities? Oh, I definitely wanted different personalities. I want different, I want diversity. I want different belief systems. I want different personalities because the, the more diverse your team is, um, the better it is when you're reviewing evidence, you know, when you're, when you're going over data, whether it's audio or video, um, then you have a more diverse perspective. Um, when you're dealing with your with a client, um, having having a different you know having having different sets of beliefs or different perspectives on things can make a big difference in terms of what we're going to accept as possible and what we're going to really try harder to focus on to debunk. Um, it, it's absolutely important that, that there is that diversity because if you have everybody believing the same thing, then, then actually you can't really help people because not everybody believes the same way that you might believe. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. And I think the different personalities are, are, are good to have when it comes to putting it together a team, but what won't you allow? What type of investigator would you not allow on your team? 
Oh boy. Um, that's a that's a really good question. Uh, I wouldn't want somebody who is exclusively all about being. Well, geez, I don't know. Um, I don't know. To be honest with you, I I haven't actually thought about that. That's a real wow. I'm going to have to think about that now. <laughs> well, we like to get deep sometimes here on the mighty SOR because that's yeah, the way that we are. Yeah. We only got it about would definitely have to be somebody who's who's over the age of 18. Like yes. we we'd never have even over 25 is good too. Um because the, then you have you're a little bit calmer. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't want somebody who is who is um very jazzy all the time. Right. That would absolutely that that would be a no go right there because if you're real you have to be very calm when you're going into locations especially when you're dealing with clients you absolutely must be calm because when you're dealing with clients those those clients are already stressed so if you bring somebody in that's really jazzy and and it seems like they're just really hyper that's not going to help the client. So that that would definitely not be okay. Mm-hmm. We only have about three and a half minutes left before we got to go to break here. And it's been a quick two hours already. Wow. Wow. In hour number three. It goes I, fast. I, yeah, it does. It does fly around these parts sometimes. I don't know why, but it just seems to. Sometimes time stands still, but not tonight. It is flying on by. It's the way we like to do things around here. You know, and Mike still has his gnome hat on. (laughs) He showed me a picture. It must be good if it's flying by. It must be good. I want to get more into your hauntings and stories in the next hour, if you don't mind, Holly. Because, you know, I want our people to learn that if they end up going to Calgary, where they can find some good haunted spots, right? So could you give us a little teaser in the next two and a half minutes of one of the cool places that you've investigated? Oh, my. Uh, well, the cat and the fiddle. That, that, that would be a great place to go. It would be a good starter point, anyways. Um, you could do the Inglewood Ghost Tour, um, where they take you through all different parts of Inglewood and reportedly haunted places. Um, you could go to the Dean House, if the Dean House would allow it. Um, the Dean House is reportedly haunted. There's the Prince House in in um, Heritage Park. Uh, there's the Canmore Opera House, which was moved to Heritage Park. Um, hmm. Various buildings in Heritage Park, actually. <laughs> uh, there's Fort Calgary, which is also reported to be haunted. I'll have to think on a few other places. Well, we look forward to it because in about 45 seconds, we are going to go 
into our break here. So I'm going to get you and Mike to hold on. Two hours down, one hour to go on Ghosts of the Great White North here on the Mighty SOR. We do it the third Wednesday of every month. And you know what? We have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun doing it. I love the ghost stories sometimes. You know, even though I'm more of an alien cryptid guy, but that's okay. A good ghost story is good to have. Holly's team is Wolf Paranormal out of Calgary, Alberta. Holly's going to join us for hour number three as well. Mike will be here too as soon as he takes off his gnome hat. That would be absolutely wonderful. Hey, during the break, check out our website, spacedoutradio.com, where you can find out more about the first annual Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon, September 29th to October 1st. We got a UFO hunt. We have two ghost hunts. We got three live radio shows. And I'll even have a silver Sharpie to sign anything that you want. Except your underwear. I will not do that. Well, maybe. Depends. Just teasing. We'll be back with more Spaced Out Radio right after this. So you stick around as well. Your questions coming for our guest and Mike. Anything paranormal on the night. Let's get to it. One more hour to go on Spaced Out Radio. We'll be right back. Looking for a great weekend getaway this fall? Hi there. This is Dave Scott. Come on up to the heart of British Columbia for the first annual Spaced Out Radio Caribou Paracon being held at the Spruce Hills Spa and Resort in 108 Mile Ranch, British Columbia. Speakers from all over North America are coming to discuss Bigfoot, UFOs, ghosts, and intuitiveness for the three-day event, September 29th to October 1st. For more information, go to spacedoutradio.com and click on the Caribou Paracon banner and book your tickets today. Come to BC, where the paranormal is waiting for you. The SOR Sightlines is a place for you to find answers to your strange experiences. Hi there, this is Mike Schmidt. If you have had an encounter with ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, ETs, or anything else that doesn't make sense, head to spacedoutradio.com and file a Sightlines report. All information you give is 100% confidential, and I will personally help you find the answers you need. SOR Sightlines, your answers are a click away. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passports. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. Hi there. I'm Butch Witkowski, lead investigator with Cop. On the final Monday of every month, you can listen to me and host Dave Scott on Spaced Out Radio's Strange Days. We're going to get to the heart of the matter when it comes to what's happening out there. People are seeing and experiencing things from ET contact to Bigfoot, and I want to hear about it. Your experiences are what we investigators need to help solve these unknown mysteries, so tune in at spacedoutradio.com to the final Monday of every month from Butch Witkowski's Strange Days. This is your medium, Joanna, from Spaced Out Weekend, Two Mediums and a Large. I would love it if you would come and join us with host James Tyson every other Sunday on Spaced Out Weekend. Together, we will take your calls and your questions live. Our goal is to provide you with a positive outlook on deep questions that you may have. Questions regarding love, 
relationships, money, or whatever else is on your mind. Come and check us out at spacedoutradio.com. This is Eric Markham, news editor for Spaced Out Radio's The Encounter Online. We have put together a great team of writers and journalists from all over the world to bring you top-quality paranormal stories, from alien encounters to the latest conspiracies. You won't find any of that fake news here. True stories and top-notch reporting as we look to bring these experiences to the mainstream. The Encounter, online, only at spacedoutradio.com. Patrolling the Pacific Northwest, we are always on the lookout for the strange and unassuming stories that real people are experiencing. Hi, I'm Vincent Zunza from Pacific North Weird. Me and Alexandra Sullivan have teamed to bring to you those odd stories that never seem to make it into the mainstream. Stories so weird that we'll leave you scratching your head wondering, is this real? It's as real as it gets with Pacific North Weird. You can watch our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. Become more intimate and interactive with Spaced Out Radio. Join our Space Travelers Club with your new membership. For $5 a month, we'll provide you with special access to the website, monthly prize draws from books to psychic readings, along with monthly newsletter, private interviews, and more. Sign up today to be part of Spaced Out Radio's experience. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. You hear footsteps in the empty room above you. A rocking chair begins rocking by itself. Don't be afraid of the things that go bump in the night. Reach for Spirit Story Box, the iPhone app the Huffington Post UK called the only ghost hunting app you will ever need. Spirit Story Box, the spirits are telling their stories. Are you listening? Strange creatures lurking in the night, the sounds of wood knocking in the forest, odd happenings right out of a fictional world. These are the reports I love. Hi there, this is author Ronald Murphy, and I would love it if you'd join me and Spaced Out Radio host Dave Scott the second Wednesday of every month on our journey into the unknown land of cryptozoology at spacedoutradio.com. From Mothman to Frogman and everything in between, hey, they don't call me the crypto guru for nothing. Did you know that Spaced Out Radio runs seven days a week? Hi, it's James Tyson from Spaced Out Weekend. Every Saturday and Sunday night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, you can join me and my guests for some great chatter about what's going on out in the universe or even in that dark part of the basement you really don't want to go back into. Well, let's find the answers to your experiences together. So come on up to Uncle Jimbo's cabin on the weekend. For more information, look us up at spacedoutradio.com. 
The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio, Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and hashtag Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Good to have you with us. Tomorrow night on the program, Jason Quitt and John D'Souza are going to talk to us. It's a really weird case. Jason and the late Bob Mitchell wrote a book about John Teeter. They said they found the real John Teeter. Well, guess what? Ended up not being so true. They had to pull the novel off. There's lawsuits pending. It's an ugly, ugly case. We're going to find out about that tomorrow night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time at spacedoutradio.com. We want to welcome in everyone listening in on WQEE 99, Rock the Key, down in Noonan, Georgia, home of the Walking Dead. We are also live as well on the United Public Radio Network on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. Great to have you with us. We're live on KTLK, The Fringe FM, Renegade Talk Radio out of Las Vegas. And if you're listening in on Revolution Radio, remember the Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. Now, the good part about my computer crashing because I use two different computers, three screens, is I don't have to pronounce Bill Cardwell's password for tonight because apparently I screwed it up in the first hour. So I'm having to skip the second part of this, Bill. I apologize. We'll get back to the password tomorrow. Bill sets a password each and every night right here on the Mighty S-O-R. Now, if you want to follow us on social media, you could do so on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn. Follow me on Instagram, Dave Scott SOR. Find us on iTunes, Spaced Out Radio Show. Our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including joining the SOR Space Travelers Club for 5 bucks a month. You can listen to some great music by Bumblefoot, you can read up on the encounter online, and you can go to our store, Space Out Radio Store, where you can pick up a t-shirt, stickers, posters, and you can pick up your VIP passes for the first annual Caribou Paracon presented by Spaced Out Radio on September 29th to October 1st. VIP tickets are just 10% off from now until July 31st. So you want to get your tickets. It's being held in the 108 Mile Ranch area of British Columbia at the beautiful Spruce Hills Spa and Resort. Come join us for a very, very good time. We would appreciate that. We'd love to have you with us as well. Tonight we are talking Ghosts of the Great White North. Mike Morin, my co-host for this show. It happens the third Wednesday of every month. Tonight we are talking with Holly who runs Wolf Paranormal out of Calgary, Alberta. Holly, welcome back. Thank you. You're having fun? Yes? No? I'm having a great time. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm glad that you are, and thank you so much. I noticed you followed us on Twitter back, finally. It's only been a while. Yes. 
Finally. <laughs> we have another follower on Twitter. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. You know, the one thing about the ghosts up here in Canada is a lot of our American listeners don't know a lot about the hauntings that happen up here. Do you think Canada is a very undertapped market when it comes to the paranormal? Yes, I do. Yes, I certainly do. I would agree. It's still considered taboo up here. Heaven forbid you mention ghosts and ghouls around some people. Yep. They will make fun of you, but then in the same sentence, they will say, oh, but I have a story. So everyone has a story. Why do you think... Yes. Holly, why do you think that is? Why do you think there is such a, a taboo when it comes to the paranormal still in in uh, Canada? Um, honestly, I really don't know. Um... I think it I think the interest is is a lot greater than what anybody would want to admit to but for some reason we just seem to stay pretty closed-mouthed about it. It's almost like we're we're trying to we're it's almost like we have an attitude like if if we don't acknowledge it then it doesn't exist because we don't want the rest of the world to think we're crazy or Maybe that's what it is. I, I honestly, I, I just don't, I don't know why. I mean, you, you think about when Canada was born and, and everything that has happened and, and stuff. I mean, okay, sure. We're not, we're not as, we're not as, um, as uh, prominent, you might say, as the U.S. is, but, but I mean, we still have our history, and it hasn't been a passive history. Um, it's been rather bloody and gory at times. Um, so, you know, I don't know why we we tend to just stay quiet about it. Canadians are pretty conservative, and they don't like to be judged. I think because I don't like to be judged about it sometimes, and I'm selective who I talk about paranormal stuff too but here i am on the radio (laughs) yeah yeah i maybe that's what it is maybe we're just too conservative we're not we're not um maybe we're just not prone (laughs) to to being i don't want to say we're showboating but you know what i mean right i can see that do you feel though that in calgary where where you are, that there is a a interest in the paranormal, or is it like most of Canada just shuffled to the side? Mm. I think it's shuffled to the side, and maybe some people try to just bury it all together. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that? Well, I think it's like what Mike was just saying that we're just very conservative and we don't want to be we don't want to be judged. I mean, you know, we we already take a lot of ribbing from the US and let's be honest about that. We do because we're just so doggone nice 
you know, we don't want to, we don't want people thinking that we're crazy too. Let's get back into the, the investigating aspect question. <laughs> um, with your new people, what sort of training do you give uh, new investigators? How do you show them the ropes? Um, we take them out. We take them out to, well, we start them with, with um, like, we'll take them out to one of the cemeteries here, or um, we'll actually use our own homes as kind of like a training ground, if you want to call it that, um, just to get them used to the whole process. Do you show them all the gear? Like, what type of gear do you show them? Like... Or uh, audio. Oh, we, we we have them work with the voice recorders. Um, so we're we do everything from getting them, teaching them how to turn the thing on and off, to what's the best way to hold it to make the less the least amount of noise, um, to reviewing the audio later. Uh, we teach them how to use the camera. I mean, it's just a digital camera, so <laughs> you know it's not that complicated, but angles can can change things and and create shadows and stuff where you might not think there would be shadows so we teach them how to do that um we teach them how to how to get comfortable with asking what must feel to them like empty air questions you know things like you know is there somebody here do if so do you have a name are you male are you female like really basic things like that. And we just want them to get comfortable enough that they don't feel awkward and, and stilted and all the rest of it where they can just relax. And that's always a good thing with newbies is you want to make sure that you don't throw them to the wolves right off the bat. Exactly. Exactly. how do you know that you have someone good for your team then? Like what the process that you put anybody who wants to join onto your team, do you, do you take them hand by hand and, and walk them through the process? Are there, are there members that are just way out to lunch because they've seen too much television that, you know, you can tell pretty much right away whether or not they're going to make it. How does it work for you? Um, usually when, when, um, we bring a new person into the team, um, I hold a meet and greet for them. So the, the whole team comes together to welcome in the newbie. How, depending on how the, the new person interacts with everybody on the team, that's going to determine whether or not it's going to work. We, we usually are able to figure out within, you know, within the space of, a, of an hour or two, which is usually how long a meet and greet will last. Um, by the end of that time, we know whether that person is going to be a good fit or whether they're not. Um, we have had a couple of people um, join the team over the years that just were not, just, no. <laughs> no. Is One person in particular was an absolute no. 
So I detect paradrama out there in Calgary as well? Oh, yes. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that yeah. stuff. Uh, well, the, the, one, the one person that um, they were new and they seemed at the time of the interview like they were okay and they were relatively level-headed and, you know, that they could do a good job. And then we did the meet and greet and they, they, that person offended the entire team. I mean, it was so bad. So bad. Oh man. <laughs> it was just so bad. And after that, it was like, yeah, this is just not going to work. It's not going to work. Do you guys work with other paranormal teams or do fundraisers with paranormal teams at like historic locations? Uh, we don't do fundraisers. Um, and as yet, we have not worked with another team. Is there a reason for that? For not doing fundraisers or, or working with other teams? Um, well, the only the other there is another team here in Calgary, um, but they don't they're they don't um, want to. Oh, how can I put this delicately? Um, if you're not affiliated with them, they, they just don't really want to work with you. So, um, and, and that's fine. I mean, that's their, that's their thing. So we just, we just don't. <laughs> Does that create a lot of drama? Because let's face it, everywhere it seems we turn, there is paradrama everywhere. And it's something that I am not a big fan of. And we try and you know, expose on this as being the BS that it is. Yeah. Um, actually it works very well for us. Um, when we're not in that kind of situation, because there is a lot of drama. Um, every team does things their own way. And some things we, we agree with and some things we don't agree with. And I'm sure that it's the same for these other teams. Um, the drama comes in when you have teams that are fighting amongst each other about what does and doesn't qualify as, as valid evidence or, um, you know, things like that. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous sometimes. So we don't, we just want to stay away from that. We just want to be out there and just do our job, help people where we can help them and carry on. Um, the less, the less drama we have to deal with, the happier we are. Does that answer your question? It, it makes a lot of sense. And you know, it's the constant battle in this field right now that seems to be continually going on with the paradrama that, that seems to happen absolutely everywhere. So when you guys are, are, hitting the road, how do you keep your team in line so that way they don't get sucked into it? Um, actually, I have a phenomenal team. My teammates already, they already know that there's so much crap going on in, in the field itself between so many different teams everywhere. Um, they just, you know, they, they just don't. They don't want any part of it either. 
you know, it's, it's kind of the, not my circus, not my monkeys thing. And, um, and we all agree on that. So it works out really well. I don't have to keep them in line because, because we all feel the same way about it. So we just don't, we don't get involved. We, we see other teams starting to fight amongst themselves about stuff and we tell each other about it, but that's, that's the extent of it. We just kind of step back and say, yeah, well, go to it. <laughs> Not our problem. See ya. Is there in Calgary a lot of paradrama? In Calgary, actually, no. Not, if there is, then I'm not aware of it. Do you have any teams in your area that will make residences, buildings, businesses, museums sign a contract to say that they are the only team allowed to investigate in that area? That seems to happen here in British Columbia. Um, I honestly, I cannot answer that question because I don't know. We don't do that. Um, if, if a, if a location is reported to be haunted, then who are we to say we're the only ones that are going to be allowed to investigate it? That that's not cool. I would agree. When you guys are on investigations, do you, um, to try and obtain evidence, do you ever, poke the bear, so to speak, and antagonize or provoke? Uh, that question's from Jeff. We used to, but very carefully. And and we don't anymore. In, in the beginning, I will say that I did, yes. But, um, you know, time, time kind of mellows you out and... And you gather different opinions about it, and then you start to realize, well, you know what? If I was on the other side of things, and I was a ghost, who am I going to be more likely to respond to? Am I going to respond to somebody who treats me with respect, or am I going to respond to somebody who's being a jerk? The chances for me personally are pretty good that I will be more than happy to work with the person who's showing me respect. And so we don't... We, we just don't, we don't antagonize. We don't provoke anymore. Hasn't, we haven't done that in years. Did you ever get any different styles of evidence when doing that? Like anger or anything like that? No, no, it didn't. It didn't seem to make any difference. What's the most haunted place you have been in with your, experiences Mm. in Calgary or anywhere in Calgary because we're kind of learning about your area tonight okay so in Calgary um I would have to say in my personal experience that would be the Prince House in Heritage Park so describe describe the Prince House for us Um, well, the Prince House is, is, um, an old house. (laughs) It's in, it's in Heritage Park. Um, and it used to belong to Peter Anthony Prince. Now he, um, there's a, there's a big story about him 
that um, he somehow managed to get a contract with, with the city of Calgary to provide electricity. So he, he formed the Calgary water power company and then he built in 1894, he built a house on the West end of town. Um, Now he had a lot of wives. He, he just, yeah, (laughs) there's a lot to this story. I'm sorry, but there's a lot to this story. Um, he, he just, the story goes that his, his wife, his, uh, what, I believe it was his third wife or maybe his fourth wife, um, passed away from tuberculosis and she was confined to the upstairs, um, the upstairs, uh, of the house. And the story goes that she is still there to this day. Well, back in, God, it would have been like the late, late 80s, I guess. Um, I visited the house. I knew nothing about it. Um, and I was up on, on um, the, would it be the second floor, I guess, because you're not allowed up on the third floor. Um, but I was up on the second floor and I had some very strange experiences and I found out later that apparently the third floor, which is where the attic is, is reported to be haunted. People see lights going on in there, but there's no electricity in that third, that third floor. Um, he, the, the, the whole house is, um, apparently the whole house is active, but I found that it's like the second floor, um, if the third floor is haunted, it would be because his wife, um, Prince's wife, Emma, um, when she died, she was actually confined to the attic. And that's where they say that, that most of the activity is, but you can't get to the attic because they've got it completely closed off and they just say that um, it's under renovation. It's not safe. What did you experience there? to make it your favorite? Uh, well, um, when I walked into the house, the first thing that I felt was that everything was not in its proper place. The furniture was not in its proper place, um, which was very, that was just weird. Um, when I went up to the second floor, there was a distinct energy there that it was really intense and I felt like I couldn't breathe and it, it just was, it was overwhelming. And I kept wanting to go to the, what I later learned was the attic door to go, to go up into the attic. I kept wanting to go there and I, I couldn't go there. It was very unnerving and it was a little bit freaky because I didn't know the story. Maybe if I'd known the story, I would have been better prepared for it for what I experienced there. But yeah, um, any other building that I've been in other than the Prince house, um, it's been sort of kind of interesting, but not like Prince house. Prince house was really, that was awesome. (laughs) Out of all of your wolf paranormal investigations that you have done in your opinion or your group's opinion, what is the best piece of evidence you had? If you had one piece of evidence that you could present to everyone, 
like this mm-hmm. is ours, what would it be? And tell us a story of how you got it. Well, oh man, that's kind of a tough, well, <laughs> uh, I don't know how my team is going to feel about this, but I'm going to have to say my house. I, I have gotten some very strange things coming in through my recorders in my own house. Um, the most compelling piece of EVP evidence that I've that I've ever gotten was so clear, um, and it's it's a male voice saying, "I am Jesus Christ," and it is clear as day. There's no mistaking it. And it came from my house. That is eerie. That is eerie. Yeah. 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 We, ha- we had some very strange things going on in our house for a long time. And that was, uh, that was one piece that definitely, uh, definitely caught, caught our attention. Um, we have an, another one. Um, we had some very strange things going on and we were having trouble sleeping and, and it just was not going well at all. So I put the recorder in our bedroom one night and let it run all night. And when I reviewed the evidence, the, or the, when I reviewed the data the following day, there's a very, very clear male voice that comes across. And even to this day, it, it just really gives me the chills. It's a man saying, good girl. And it is creepy as hell because we didn't at that time, we just had, we had two cats. We didn't have the dog. That is eerie. I know one time, one time when I was on a Skype call with my weekend host, James Tyson, I had to take out and take a personal phone call in on my cell phone so i walked outside and i was the only one home besides my dog and all of a sudden james through my microphone heard a man talking to my dog basically saying what a good boy you're such a good boy aren't you and when i came back and when i came back in the room dave's like or james was like who else is in the house with you i'm like no one and he's like are you sure there isn't a man in the house with you? And I'm like, no, I'm the only one home. And I was outside. And he told me what he heard. And I was like, yeah, that's probably Gordon who built our house because my daughter used to see Gordon. And when she, when she was seven years old, she kind of got freaked out because he was in her bedroom. And he had said, she had said to us, his name sounds like grandpa and he's 84 years old. We called up our realtor and said, I need, we need some information here. And he's like, well, his name is Gordon and he died three weeks before his 84th birthday. Wow. Yeah. That was some pretty stunning confirmation there at my old house. Wow. That's awesome. Do you find, considering your house seems to be a hot spot, do you find then that considering you are involved in the paranormal field, that your house is more active 
than any other members on your team or other people that you know? No. No, it 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 comes and goes, and and um, there hasn't been anything going on here for mm, probably two three years now. It it just stopped. Well, then you're lucky, or maybe not. If you can't even test your own <laughs> home, the nightmare of I a paranormal investigator. <laughs> The nightmare of a paranormal yes. investigator not having a haunted house. How boring! I have a rule. Actually, I can say we we do have, and and my teammates have verified this. Um, Shay being one of them, he's he's um, he's gone through the house, and uh, a former teammate, a now former teammate, went through the house as well, and they both were picking up on on. Um, what seemed to be some kind of a well downstairs in our, in one corner of the basement. And it turned out that there was a farmhouse on where our house is now. There was a farmhouse there and there was a well there. So like they would have been pulling up well water, right? Way, way back in the old, 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 old days. So which, you know, that would have been a common thing, but we do know there's, there's like five kids that kind of hang around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we know that there was a fire at one time and what was it? Two or three of the kids and what we think might've been like an uncle um, died. So they either died on this land before this house was built or something. Um, I've had other people come in the house that don't know anything about it. And, They've experienced the same thing. Um, my teammate Robin, who who heads up the Okanagan chapter, um, she was actually here one day, just not that long after coming after joining the team. We were talking in my dining room, and she saw a man standing in our hallway, and he had on a hat and everything that was like very very Wild West kind of thing, right? He had on like a gentleman's hat though, um, and she just she just lost her crap. <laughs> She's like, Oh my God, I just saw this. And there was a guy standing in the hallway and it was just, it was just her and me and my husband. And we were all, you know, dining room, living room. It's, it's kind of an open space there. So we were all together. There was no way it, it would have been anybody else. I got a question coming all the way from Australia from Robert who tells okay. us t- tomorrow is looking fantastic for us here on the West Coast. Wonderful. He says, when you're out searching for spirits, do you experience more of an electrical charge when you come across them, or is it more of a temperature change when they do show up? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Um, I can't speak for my for my teammates because I don't know how it is for them. Um, but for me personally, it's, if it's anything, it would be, I would have to say it would be a temperature change. I can't say that I've ever had like any kind of an electrical jolt go through me. I'd say for me too, it's temperature change, temperature change and smell sometimes. Oh God. Yes. 
Yeah. See, I, I've never got yeah, the smell the, of the sulfur. Scent, yeah. I've never got the smell. Even when, like when Mike brought his group up here a few weeks ago, there was one pissed off spirit at the museum who happened to be upset with me. And he and his team started smelling sulfur. And they got the hell out of the... Oh, lovely. Uh, 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 they got the hell out. And I actually went up there a week ago, two weeks ago now, for our latest ghost tour. And I brought Willie, that's his name, a beer and a cigarette. And we sat down and we had a conversation. And Cool. E- even through the other times that I was, been, I was there, though, I had never smelled sulfur or had anything like that happen. Mike, do you want to go into detail about what happened there? Uh, yeah. Well, this would be your turn then. Sorry, my Skype was being temperamental. Um, basically, it was a good night. I'm glad we're talking about it right now. Uh, we, I, with the, I've been going through the video footage, and we've got a lot of good video footage. I'm not a big orb guy, but we got this really cool orb where um, you know our ovulus, right? Yes. I was asking a question with the ovulus. And then in the video, when I'm reviewing it, I see an orb go towards my ovulus while asking, the, like, right after the question. And then the ovulus says a word. Don't know the word off the top okay, of my that's hands. Cool. That is cool, because that's, like, legit evidence, in my yeah. opinion. Um, the smell of sulfur. Um, in a nutshell, we were having negative, a lot of negative energy. It was the post house, right, Dave? That's what it's called? Yes, the post house. In the post house. Um, the previous night to our main investigation, um, one of our members, he was kind of, I don't want to say taken over because that's being a little dramatic, but maybe mood altering because he was doing a lot of heavy, aggressive provoking to the spirits in there. And then um, the night after, as soon as we got in the post house, the four of us were extremely aggressive and cranky towards each other, which we're normally not. We're normally a level-headed team that goes in, does our thing, and then leaves, right? Um, I even got cranky to the point where I had to go, I said I had to go to the washroom, but I had to just go take a walk outside. Um, so once we finally started doing our investigation, um, our one team member, he kept, he started to provoke again. He was swearing. He was being not overly friendly while provoking, and then we started to smell. It smells like a rotten eggs. Yeah. And I kind of started to wig out on that. And then he started to wig out on that. Um, one of the girls asked if one of us passed gas, which none of us did. And um, then we just got the, got the heck out of there. Great video footage, though. That's awesome. Actually, one of the EVPs we got in there. Um, I forget what the questioner member was asking, but the response was open hell. Oh, clear as day. Clear as day. Wow. And then that's, yeah, it was a good night. Wow. All because I did a ghost tour and he didn't like it. Wow. That's just crazy. That's, open hell is kind mean, of like a dramatic, that's, that's uh, like, wow. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's. Yeah. Uh, the, go ahead. No, go ahead. 
No, we're here to hear you. We they hear my stories all the time. <laughs> I'll go ahead. I'll say that that is one of the best investigations I have done to date. That night at the the post house, we got half a dozen Class A EVPs. It was basically like shooting an episode of Ghost Adventures. We got that much evidence. Wow! See, and this is why you guys have to Boy, bring that's your team. Rare. This is why you got to bring your team to the Paracon, September 29th to October 1st, because I'm opening up the museum for one of the tours. But we have some rules. We do have some rules and regulations now with Willie in the room that he is in. I have mm-hmm. had to I have had to come to an agreement with him that uh, through a psychic friend, Skeeter Wellhouse, and Elizabeth Anglin. I had to come to an agreement with him that I can bring people into his area. However, there is no gear, no stupid, what he considers stupid questions like knock on the wall or provoking or anything like that, and nobody is allowed in his closet. He hates that. The only reason why he's still allowing us to go in that building is because there's a female spirit named Mary in there. And Mary loves the attention. Ah. She loves meeting new people. And Willie kind of protects her. But he doesn't want to... Oh, that's nice. But he doesn't want to upset her. Because she likes the tour. He thinks it's a waste of time, even though he knows we're doing it for the museum to help raise money because it's a non-profit museum. Mm-hmm. And it, we need that money. You know, so it's this, it's this fine line, this catch-22 that we play. But we've come to some agreements with Willie. So when we had our last tour, I was able to take people through his room but there was nobody allowed in his closet, no technology allowed. And in fact, he even said, here's the interesting part. He even said through the psychic that he doesn't even want people touching anything in there. Don't touch the walls, nothing. And one of the people who was on the tour, a local lady who is a tarot card reader, who actually walks with a cane due to health reasons, she leaned against the wall. And the next thing she knew, she started getting sick. Oh, no. So we had to get her out and immediately started staging her. And I had to ask Willie to step away from her. Like, this is how powerful Willie is. Willie is very powerful. And he just just wants some respect back. Well, that's not unreasonable. The next time you go through there, ask him how he feels about dogs. I can do that. I can do that. When we I would our, love to br- I would love to bring my dog through there. Well, the next time, well, you got to get down to for the Paracon. It's important that you guys come. Yes, I think it is. And when you have come, to see what we can do about that. Absolutely. And when you come, like I said, there'll be a 2-3 hour investigation going on, and then afterwards we can all go hang out in our private bar that we have. And and it'll be a great time, and you'll get to know what it's all about. But, Mike, you have to admit, that museum where, where I host the tours is one of the most active that you have ever been in and investigated. I would put 108 Mile up there definitely in the top top four. Uh, the Post House really 
really did it for me, that last investigation. I don't think it'll ever be that active how it was that night, um, since you have your understanding with Willie now. I, I, I still don't feel welcomed in the post house. Maybe I... Neither do I. Warn my, I. I don't think I'm liked, because I have... Guilty. I have provoked in there as well. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, bit. maybe what you could do is, is go in there and ha- just have a conversation and maybe apologize. Maybe may, if you apologize, maybe it, won't, it might ease up. Yeah, have, no, I agree. We have a question from Tripp. He, he's saying, Dave, did you or when will you be doing an EVP session with Willie? Uh, part of my agreement with Willie the Ghost is that I never will do that. He does not want any technology in there whatsoever. And I agreed to that. I'm going to hold true to that. Now, a lot of people may say, oh, you're just full of it. You're, you're you know, come up with all sorts of uh, talk as to why I won't do it. But I can tell you this. It's one of those things where unless you've experienced it, I've got sick twice in that building now. Uh, once was oh, with my. once was with Mike, and actually I think both times were with you three times because the last time, even though I we had kind of made up, I think he kind of hit me a little bit just to say, "Hey, remember our deal? This is what I can do," and that's the way I took it. And when I stepped out, I got some fresh air. I was fine, and. You know, the only one thing that upset me about Willie, though, is he told me when I, he wanted me to bring him a beer. It had to be a bottle with a twist cap. What he wanted me to do is twist the the, the cap off, but leave the cap on. And he was going to move the, the cap. I had that bottle in there for two hours, two and a half hours. And the cap never moved. So I'm going to try that again. I'm going to, when I go back for our next tour on, on July 8th, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I bring another beer for him. And hopefully that time he will, he will be able to, um, take the cap off for me. Well, it depends on how much energy he has too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe he just didn't have enough energy. That could be it. Uh, Ron is asking, Dave, were you alone with Willie in the closet? No, actually, here's the funny part. Elizabeth Anglin, who I trust dearly, and most of our listeners will know her from Spaced Out Weekend, she actually walked me through it. She goes, okay, she goes, and she's in New, in, uh, New Mexico. She's like, okay, in the upstairs, she goes, I see two two rooms. I see his room on the left. I see another room, but I see two chairs up there. She goes, I want you to sit those chairs. Set one up for him, one up for you. And lo and behold, I go upstairs and there's two chairs up there. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was kind of cool. I I knew there was one up there. I had no idea there was two. So I set the chairs up and I put the beer on the chair for him. And we just chatted. That's all we did was chat. That's cool. I did leave the beer. No, I'm uh, I'm getting asked a bunch of questions if I'm bringing in a pendulum or a camera or anything like that. Uh, no, I'm not bringing in any. That's part of my agreement with him. Is 
is I am not bringing in my pendulum. I'm not bringing in anything else. It's just a, a manly conversation. And that's what he wants. That's what he'll get. That's cool. Nice to know that people still have some respect, you know? That the living, I mean, have respect. Well, you have to. Yeah. Well, you know, you just got to look at it like, is that how, how would you want to be treated when you're in the afterlife, right? Like, how would you want to be treated? His biggest complaint was the tour and the stupid, and what he called the stupid questions that were being asked. And well, so, so we don't, fair. we don't ask knocking questions. We don't have, uh, we don't ask, you know, can you, you know, make a noise. Can you move something? Can you knock on the wall? He doesn't like those. So now when we go in, I actually, when I took the tour in, I had everybody say hi to Willie. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Seemed to calm things down. That's really awesome. Now, you were talking about, it might have been you, but it might have been you, Mike, as well. Um, you were talking about like mood changes and things like that. Um, we had a case here in, in Calgary and I, I just remembered it. We, um, it was in the, in the deep South end and we were in, um, we were upstairs and we were getting ready to come back downstairs. So as we were coming downstairs, um, all of a sudden, and we do have this on video, all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, I got really dizzy, and then I got really cranky, like just really cranky, and I was telling my teammates, this is how I feel, like I want to I wanna do this, I wanna, like I just want to smack you as hard as I can, and I was grumpy, and it was bad, and so they got me outside, and once I was outside, I you know, I, I seem to calm down, but you know, we never did figure out what that was, what that was about. We couldn't figure out what happened. We, we had no explanation for it at all. And when we were reviewing the data the following day, we didn't have anything like we had nothing on camera. We had nothing on audio that would support what the heck had happened. One thing I do on investigations is probably just comes from my my day job of investigating things and just observing people is when we're doing investigations, especially in locations that are said to have negative things have happened in the past or negative experiences with ghosts. I people watch. I watch each investigator. I watch each member of the public there to see if their personality or their demeanor changes during the investigation to see if they're being influenced by anything. And sometimes when Mm -hmm. you see people being influenced, that's when you start to spice up your questions or try and figure, figure out where the ghost or spirit is wanting the conversation to go to. Because to be honest, if I was a ghost and people asked for me to prove I'm there, I'm going to give them a big F you and I won't say anything. But if they're asking questions pertaining to my time period or things that I've 
supposedly said, did, or whatever, that's probably when I would give a response. I'm just trying to think like a ghost. Or if people are mm-hmm. provoking, I try. To, that's what I mean. I try to look for a change in people, kind of like a poker tell. Mm. Yeah. Play off the living to talk to them. That's what I do. I got a question coming from Bill Cardwell tonight. He is saying, Holly, any of your investigators ever tried to contact a ghost in one of the really old hotels in Alberta, like the Prince of Wales Hotel in Waterton Lakes, or even the Ghosts of the Banff Springs Hotel, which is quite famously haunted, even though they don't admit to it? Um, haven't done anything out in Waterton. Um, I have been in, in, um, in the Banff Springs Hotel, however, and again, I'm probably going to get hate mail for this, but I did not find it to be haunted at all. Not only that, but I have searched and searched and searched and searched for documentation about the story that goes along with the Banff Springs Hotel. And there's no documentation that that ever happened. So I, I, (laughs) uh, Waterton is interesting though. I would definitely be interested in checking that place out. Is there any place else besides what you've mentioned that you really would love to investigate? I mean, Calgary does have a rich history. What about the stampede grounds? There's got to be some spirits walking around there. Well, they say the grandstand is ha- is haunted. Um, but the problem with, with investigating the grandstand is, number one, it's outdoors. So you have to deal with traffic and things like that. Number two, it's a vast area outdoors. So you're dealing with traffic, you're dealing with all kinds of stuff. And in that particular area of town... Um, I don't know that I would want to be on the grounds because there's, it's not a very good area to be in. There's a lot of, um, unsavory characters in that part of town that, that make it not safe. So if we were to go, go to say the grandstand, and, and check that out. We, it would really be a waste of time because there's so much noise. There's traffic, there's people, like living people, there's so much noise. It, it would just, it would waste our time. But now the Dean House, I would really like to get in there because I've heard some stories about that place and I would really like to get in there. But they don't allow that anymore. They don't allow investigators in there anymore. How come? Bad experience? Um, well, it's, it's rumor. That's all it is. It's rumor that there was, there have been other teams in there, um, and they went to areas where they were specifically told not to go, and... They, the, the people who run the Dean house just said, that's it, no more. And they don't, they don't allow people to, teams to go in and investigate anymore. Didn't that happen, Mike, in Kamloops as well at the old asylum? It did. Um, 
I, the name of the asylum is uh, escaping my head, but I know which one you're talking about. Um, they had some game show from some, I think it was from MTV or something like that, come up, and they totally just trashed the the asylum and the whole asylum grounds. They spray painted. I think the premise of the show was to go stay in a spooky building and get scared by things. I don't, I forget the name of the show. But no, they trashed it, and after that, the the society or whoever owned the asylum said, nope, no more people. I think they've been knocked oh, it down, man. and it's townhouses now. Oh, I think it's still up. I think it's still up. I'll have to check next time I drive through there. We Bothering. Have... Yeah. I don't know the name of it. I know, I know. It's driving me nuts as well right now. I'm surprised you said that the Banff Hotel, is, in your opinion, isn't as haunted as what they say. No. It, that's just my opinion, though. I mean, you know, other, other people go in there and say that they, that they see things or they hear strange things, but I, I've been in that hotel many times, and there's, I, I got nothing. No, no energy fluctuations. No, nothing. Not even the bell. Absolutely hop. nothing. Not nope. even the. Wow. For people who I don't. I got nothing. For people who don't know, the Bamp Springs Hotel is said to have a bellhop that, to this day, will still take your your luggage up to your room, and when you go and try to tip him, he just disappears. He's gone after your luggage gets to your room. It's just one of the strangest stories, and they don't admit it. They do not admit it. Which is yeah. There's well, there's the bellhop, and then there's of course the bride. But there's different variations of the bride yes. and how she died. But there's no, there's no. Um, I haven't found any documentation, and I have researched and researched and researched trying to find something to validate it, and and I just. There's there's no documentation. If there ever was, then it's gone now. But I've never found anything to to support it, and I haven't experienced anything there to support the the story at all. We only have about a minute left with you, my dear Holly. I would love it if you could describe Wolf Paranormal to our crowd, where they can find you, and how if people in Calgary listening need your help, how they can get in touch. Okay, uh, our website is www.wolfparanormal.com. We do have links there. If you're having some trouble, whether you're home or business, you can send us an investigation request. We do ask that you document for at least two weeks before you get in touch with us. We want to know dates, times, what's going on, everything, as much information as you can provide. And uh, make sure you provide a, a valid phone number as well so we can get in touch with you and, and set up a, a date and time to come out and have a chat. Holly, I appreciate you. you. Oh, go ahead, please. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Well, i got to end this thing because it is that time of the night. Holly, thank you so much for being on Space Out Radio. Mike, take your gnome hat off. It's time. Appreciate Sounds it. Sounds good. The gnome hat is under your bed. Jerk. Jerk. You guys hold on. If you're listening in the background, you hear Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal. 
Our resident guitar god rocks us in and out of every single episode of Spaced Out Radio. He is the official sound of this show. Tomorrow night on the program, Jason Quit, John D'Souza. We're talking about fake John Teeter. We're going to learn more tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time, right here on the mighty SOR. Hope you can take the time to join us. Want to thank everyone in the chat rooms taking part and my team, Thomas McGowan Sales, Kim Gandy, Director of Business Management, Everett Themer and Eric Markham, Encounter Online, Jolene Lammers, Web Design, Catherine James, Social Media, Bob Davis, our intro voice, Lana Scott, who takes care of the Paracon. We want to thank you for being with us every single night. And remember, do me a favor, tell a friend, because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, take us home. <laughs>